Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Whitney, we made it to episode 71. I don't know if you do this. A lot of people like to count the tens and the fives as special, but I count them all as special, Whitney. And <laughs> they're all an accomplishment. 71 yeah. is quite an accomplishment. Yeah, they're, they're, they are a miracle of completion is what they are. How about that? Yeah, I, yeah. I'll go with that. I'm fine yeah, with that. Yeah, I don't that. see why we should celebrate like 100. I want to no. celebrate like 97. Yeah, in number, no, in number 72. I want to. I want to party like it's episode 97. <laughs> party like it's episode 99. Exactly, exactly. Well, I'll tell you, man, it has been uh, it's been quite the month already. I mean, here we are. We're sitting eh, two-thirds of the way through July, and, uh, you know, summer's in full swing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. hot as oh, all it's get just, out it's here. It's just hot and sticky here, here, in, here in Kentucky, and... It's, yeah, we, we have yeah. rough summers at times, and it, it's yeah, I always every, love it. When, it's called every year. <laughs> those <laughs> See, are, those are the times. It, I don't remember it being this bad last year. I, I, I love it when people say, well, we're due for that. That's like rolling a six-sided dice and yeah. saying, well, we've rolled it a hundred times, and we've never rolled a yeah. six. We're due for a six. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's like everybody keeps notes, and they know and they know what we've had versus what we're Each one in is, for, and it's like, no, no you're it, not doing that. Each one is unique. Yeah, that's exactly And this right. has been a unique summer. It has, it's kicked my tail. It has like zapped me I, I, personally. I, I hear the allergy, yeah, funk in your in your head. Well, we were know? talking about it before we started to record, and this has been the roughest allergy year I, I could remember having. Yeah. And just when I think I, I've talked about it on the show, I'll come and I kind of say I like this, or I'll sound like I'm gargling gravel or something and this this year has been the worst by far and it just seems just as i get to that point of man i feel okay i get zapped again and we're we're going through that now where we had this few degree temperature drop and that swing i don't know what if it causes something to bloom or something to die or, or what but <laughs> it's one right next to the other i, feel like I think I, i'm back to the I don't feel like I've been hit in the head with a full size bat, but maybe a couple whacks with those little twelve inch novelty bats. Yeah, yeah I feel it. like I've been like a little billy club. Yeah, you tripped over them and they sprung up and hit you in the head. Yeah, so that's where I'm at right now, personally, Whitney. Uh, but we're not here to talk about uh, my health. <laughs> We do it every show, though. I mean, we have to start out with Brent's health update, you well, know? and then and then my travel update because those seem to be the recurring themes. That does, of the show. that does, and that's it's gonna, like it's like Brent, how you feeling, Whitney? Where you been? That's you gonna know? and that's gonna carry us into this month, <laughs> yeah. actually. Strangely I, I enough, I think it is, and, and I'm not sure what's happening to the show because looking at the notes, we we've got not a lot, so don't people don't start deleting stuff. We've got, we've got a little console talk going on. I don't, I, I don't understand how this happens, but yeah, I mean, I liked it, it our does. format, Whitney. Yeah. I didn't think are I'm I busting it up. Are you passively aggressively changing our format? I, I, I don't know, but it, it's you know something. It's all on me, is what it is. Well, but most things, most things that are need that need blaming. That's, uh, that's Whitney. That's, yeah. how, that's how it goes. There's, if there's a lot, if there's blame to go around, it all goes around to Whitney. <laughs> yeah. There if we go. There's a bucket of water to move. It's <laughs> it's on me. To, yeah, exactly. That, that's how it goes. No, no. It's one of those things where when I think about it, kind of how the month has unfolded uh, as as with uh, several months. I mean, I've been traveling quite a bit, and and so I find that 
on the months where I'm not at home as much as I, as much as quote unquote, I'll just use air quotes normally am, then the console discussion actually gets a bit more interesting because number one, uh, it's small portable. I can take some stuff with me. And when I travel, I actually do take some things with me to game. And so, so then it, it kind of, it kind of reignites that that console handheld kind of passion, and it's like, and then I, I gravitate towards it for a week or two, and then I start digging stuff up, you know, and then it's like, oh, I need to talk about this, oh, I need to talk about that, because unfortunately, I'm not at home capping monitors while I'm traveling for work, and it's just, you know, I, it's, it's just the way it goes. I think I've said this before. I have gotten really close several times in my life to buying a modern type console. So at one point in time, and this is going to date me, I'm trying to remember what was going on. This, yeah. this is going to date this this feeling. I, there was a game called Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. And I think it was Kingdom Hearts 2. Never heard of it. It was basically, uh, it was licensed from Disney. And I think you played as like Mickey or no, or you played these, the, the, the gist of it was, is you played these worlds and each of the worlds was related to some Disney theme. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think it was kingdom hearts two was out at the time and it had a Tron world, which I, I was just, uh, it was really cool. You know, being a Tron fan, it was really neat. And it was also kind of interesting because Tron, this, I want to say this, yeah, this was definitely before the newer Tron movie came out. So it's one so of those it was before Tron legacy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Legacy. Yeah. So it's one of those properties they never really exploit, you okay. know, Tron. Uh huh. So that was kind of neat. Cause they, they revisited Tron or, or whoever had done the licensing and revisited Tron. And then another one of the worlds was like steamboat Willie. So like the old black and white, oh, car- yeah. early yeah. Mickey mouse cartoon, steamboat yes. Willie. Uh-huh. And you traveled these worlds collecting things. And it was just, I, I, w- I was laid up. And I want to say I'd ha- just had some kind of surgery. So I, I'd ha- if you're Googling and if you could tell me the year, maybe I can remember what part of me was modified at that point in time on my <laughs> journey to becoming cybernetic. Yeah, fair enough. I, I'm, I'm going to look. I think it was Kingdom Hearts 2. So anyway, I got really close to wanting to, to get the console to support that, to play that game. And what ended up happening was once I got mobile, that that went away, you know, mm. because I was back in the swing of it's things. It's 2007, dude. 2007. Uh, let's see, hold on. Let's see. Oh, whoops. That that was Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. The the actual game itself, which I guess, which now lo- that looks like an international version re-release. So, okay, my bad. Uh, December 2005 is when the first Kingdom Hearts 2 was released. Okay, so yeah. that might have been... Uh, that might have like been it was released for the PlayStation, PlayStation Two. I can't remember. Yeah, okay. if, if that's if that's yeah, what you're platform, telling me, platform, I, ha- platform, I, I have PlayStation. Two. I have no yeah. reason to disbelieve you until I find that you're wrong. Yeah, fair enough. Well, that's good. I, I'm only reading what the internet tells oh, me. Oh, it's so, oh, it's yeah. that's locked in stone. Yeah, exactly. So there you be. So yeah, I, I think that I actually had uh, I had to have sinus surgery. Sp- uh, f- talking about full circle here, I think that's when I had sinus surgery. Okay, but nonetheless, once I got mobile, then. The same thing that happens is always happens, which brings me back to the handhelds. Yeah. I was really looking at getting some flavor of a Nintendo handheld. Yeah. And what always comes up is if I buy this, I'm going to have to, I don't want it to feel like work. I don't want it being that I don't want to have to 
find the time to use it to justify having gone and purchased it. Yeah, understood. And I didn't want it. I felt real that quickly that it would turn into a chore versus entertainment and yeah. relaxation. Yeah. So I've just never, never picked one. I've up. never picked any of it up. Yeah. No, no, I get it. I, I, get I went it. through that with a Wii. I thought about getting a Wii. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It is what it is. Get it off seems my like lawn. I've got plenty to plenty to do. Yeah, get off my lawn. That's yeah, what get it off is. my lawn. Yeah. Get off my lawn. That's what it is. <laughs> get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. You kids boy. and your dog yeah. and your and your Nintendo Wii. <laughs> get off my lawn. I'd have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you kids and that dog <laughs> and, and that, that Wii and that silly van. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ring and your, your PlayStation bell and your Wii. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of doing things, let me. Uh, give you a rundown of what I've not been doing. <laughs> what I've not been doing? Yeah. Okay. All right. And the, we'll talk about that not on the show. How about that? <laughs> yeah. The, I mentioned the last show that I was going to try to just maybe back out a little bit. And, and again, not get out of the hobby, but just try to focus on getting some other stuff knocked out. And that's kind of what's happened here recently. Yep. It, you know, Game-related, uh, I've still got that space shuttle pin, and I had a seemingly random call here this month by the owner of the pin, and she had moved, and she'd gotten all that arranged, and she was settled into a new place. And, oh, boy. It's about time, isn't uh, it? Well, it's and the funny thing was is I joked with her about she, – she was talking about being surrounded by boxes. So it was like she was in a big old box fort, you know, because she was still unpacking. And, yeah. And so it's still sitting here. Kind of is what it is when when Have it goes. It, it goes. Anymore? I haven't. I haven't really gotten down here and played a lot, yeah. honestly. Okay. And, and that kind of goes hand in hand with I mentioned wanting to continue to make some changes in the game room, like some rearrangements. And, and I just I haven't made time to touch any of it. I haven't done anything. Yeah. And I figure that when the, when the space shuttle leaves, that'll free up some space, and then I can start. I've got everything on. I've got carpet down here, and I've got everything on furniture sliders. So anything that's down here, I can pull out myself, and I've done it. I, I have literally moved games from the farthest possible points in the game room pretty easily. Yeah. You know, everything just kind of scoots around. Yeah. Once this is out of here, I'll do that. I've Like I mentioned last show, I've kind of got an idea of a little bit of rearrangement and putting some light cabinets you know, the Tron next to the Gorf and yeah, kind yeah. of regrouping my it's kind of, That's kind of where and, those two belong. Yeah. They, they, they kind of belong next to each other. So, yeah, for sure. I have not touched that. And listeners of the show will know that I've got a Tron that's sitting back in my little workroom that I've been wanting to get to. I have not touched that either. Yeah. It just everything else has kind of just come up around it. And I want to get to it. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, I'm, oh boy, I know how that is. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I have a feeling is. that eventually I'm going to break the log jam here. Yeah, I'm just slowly chipping away at a few things. Yeah, and I'll mention that coming up here. Yeah, and once the log jam gets broken, it'll probably all just start to flow. Yeah, you know, yeah. I like to get that Tron out of here and actually bring my episode one pin down here and shop it. Mm-hmm. And the thought being having it having it ready by end of year for the big party that I have. And yeah, yeah. ideally I'd really like to get the episode one done and I'd like to get my Star Wars Atari Star Wars done. Yeah. And then put them there's this little cubby here. Whitney knows what I'm talking about. It's right here off to my left, right outside of the bathroom in the game room that you can just fit two games in there. And I got two Cinematronics games in there now, my ripoff and my Star Castles in there. My thought would be to shift those around. Those aren't going anywhere. Yeah. 
and put the, it, it's kind of weird. It's, it's, there's two columns in the basement and the columns are boxed in. So it's just not, it's not like a metal pole here. Yeah. yeah. And the depth of it, like if you look behind those games, when you can see it, there's enough room back there, maybe about, half a game's worth of depth there off is. the wall. Yeah, it's almost I, like you could you could walk behind them. Yeah, and yeah. You, I can't. I do. Yeah. I'll get back there and rearrange you know, the plugs and all yeah. that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. But I, I pull the game. If there's a video game in there, I pull them out so they're in line with the columns mm-hmm. and they're not set back and just the way I happen to do it. But there's... And then the one on the left, the, in this case, it's the Star Castle. It gives me a little room in that little pocket, if you will, to slide a game in in the row that's around you kind of have to see it but nonetheless yeah it's a perfect fit for a pin and a video so i think that's where the two star wars games are going to are going to end up going when i get there but i I mentioned the bathroom so that kind of brings me to um something that it taken a lot of time here in july and it relates to the game room and i I say this. Do I do I say this on the show, Whitney? I put this in the show note. Every everything is the great something as of late with me. So like right now, the title of this yeah. section, our show notes, is the great bathroom debacle of 2018. <laughs> oh, I, I had my own about a month ago, and I don't think I ever told you about this. Oh, you but did? Yeah, I, I'll get. You know what? You share your toilet story. I'll share oh, my, mine. <laughs> How about that? All right. I wish mine was just the toilet story. <laughs> And now, you know, for everybody listening, we're going to detour and turn this into a plumbing and home improvement show. We're going to, oh, console about, and for, plumbing and home yeah, 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 yeah. Consoles and home plumbing for about 20, 25 minutes. It's going to be riveting. So just sit tight. <laughs> hold on. Yeah, just hold on to your seat. All right. Here, okay. Here Three, it goes. Two, one, flush sound. All right. Let's go. <laughs> well, well, the fear I've always had with the game room is water. Okay. And when I purchased this house, I had water issues with the property in several locations, the the house itself, the garages and all that stuff is wrapped up. Yeah. But you always have that fear, always. you know, yeah. and you can't avoid it in modern times. We've got internal plumbing. So yeah. the way this house all lines out, pretty much all the water is kind of sequestered to this back corner of the house. And that covers both the outside spigots. It covers the kitchen and it covers both the bathrooms. All right. So the water really is, oh, and the laundry room. Yeah. So that back, this back quarter, maybe a little less, that's all the wet space. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of supply and, and the drainage. Uh, so, uh, my, my my fear, though, however, is you could always break a pipe. You could have something happen. I've got this bathroom down here. Not to say something could happen upstairs and it come down. Mm-hmm. It, it there's your mind goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. So not too long ago, I was in the basement bathroom, which is in the game room right here off the game room. We've talked about it before. It's themed to go along with the games mm-hmm. and all that kind of fun stuff. I'm just not in it that often. And I happened to be in it and I looked up and I happened to notice it's got a drop ceiling in it which I decided to keep so that even though they're kind of ugly, mm-hmm. I'll get into that. Uh, I kept it because I could pop the tiles out and I've got access to everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can access all the plumbing. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, I noticed one of the tiles had a little sag to it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is not good. And I also noticed it was a little extra white. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, most drop ceiling tiles are white. What does that mean? 
I didn't want it to look like a drop ceiling. So when the bathroom was redone, I took all the drop ceiling tiles. A friend of mine was helping me. I gave her a paint roller and a bucket of black paint. And I said, don't black them out entirely. Just, just get, get the roller really dry and just run over it and model it, Mm -hmm. you know, if you will. And my intention was to print out, uh, like, page size versions of posters and flyers for arcade games and pinball machines and tack them and tack them up yeah okay cool and i just i never got that far i printed a couple and i wasn't happy with it and so right now the ceiling just lives with the you know kind of the original white framing and then the drop ceiling tiles that are this mottled black and white Mm -hmm. and kind of mixed and thinking about it it kind of works it looks a little different but the black is a interesting contrast against the the game room colors that flow into there, the bright orange and all, yeah. everything else that's in there. Anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll do something with it eventually. But nonetheless, that extra white was a little bit of mold. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, geez. Yeah. Take it all down. So what ends up happening is, is it's the drain from the upstairs uh, bathtub. Mm-hmm. And for something that should uh, on the surface taken me in my mind a couple hours to fix, it took me the better part of a week dorking with it a couple hours in the evening after work. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many trips to the hardware store. I don't know how many iterations of whatever. And when it was all said and done, I mean, it's all sealed up. I actually had to take out in my bathroom closet upstairs behind the bathtub the the wall is uh, plywood. Mm-hmm. So you take the shelves out, you run the plywood out, and you've got access to the backside of the tub. And the, so I ended up taking all that out. So I had access to the the uh, what's it called here? I'm, uh, the overflow drain that sits in the upper portion of your bathtub so that it won't overflow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it honestly, it was just a kind of a comedy of errors of. What seal do I have? Uh, the shape of the tub, the way the seals would fit against it, and just trying to get it all together. And you know, the shame of it is, is you go it's easier, buy. It's easier said than done, isn't right? It? You yeah. you go to your box stores, you go to buy these parts, and it's all kind of just cheesy, kind of plasticky ish, not kinda even really PVC. Yeah, you know, exactly. Nothing, nothing truly works. It no, feels like no. you're feels like you're molding something exactly as you go. yeah so this this little thing ended up like i said taking the better part if not an entire week of squirreling with it after i'd get off work and before other you know i'd have two hours here or i had okay well i'll stop and get this part oh yeah. this i got into this and this is okay well i'm gonna take the closet apart okay well i'm gonna take more ceiling tiles out and then when it's all said and done, you got to clean it all up because you got those crumbs and everything everywhere. And I did end yeah. up actually having this is this is the other trap you fall into when you start customizing stuff in your game room. <laughs> if you disturb it or if it's damaged, you've got to redo it. You got to redo it. Yeah. So uh, if anybody would have seen me out in my backyard with black paint, well, out in the back driveway with black paint and new ceiling tiles. And try and painting them out there in the driveway, they would have probably thought I was insane. Yeah, but that was even part of it too. I had to recustomize, you know, ceiling tiles. And at that point, when you buy them, these are uh, twenty-four inch by twenty-four inch, so they're like packs of four. So if I'm going to do one, I'm going to do four. That way, I don't have to do three more down the road if something else ever happens. You know, I've got spares. And 
So the bathroom's all back together. I had no order issues in the basement. I know one of the listeners of the show, is it, was it Jeff? Jeff Waldron? He had yes. a basement issue last summer. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little scary. Yeah. I, and I had a basement issue last month. Oh. So, yeah. oh. Yeah. 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 So keep, keep going. Keep and and going. I know, uh, I want to say uh, Charlie and KT in the group at Spooky, I saw a picture from them this month where they had started standing their games back up where they had, I vaguely remember they had a flood of some type that got, you know, what saved the machines was they were up off the ground because yeah. of the legs. Yeah, because of the and, legs. And they yeah. ended up having, I'm assuming, to replace a bunch of legs, but they got all the machines out of there before the moisture had any issues. Yeah. And they were just now getting to the point of being able to set their stuff back up. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It, I'm telling you, man, it's tough and... It's never opportune, and it it's always, always more work than you think it's going to be. Yeah, always. so that, that chewed up so much time. And then um, one of the other things I wanted to do is, how, uh, and this is kind of game-related, I mentioned over the past several shows of getting, you know, finding new homes for games that had came come back from Louisville Arcade Expo this year. I had the Space Invaders. I had a Lethal Enforcers. I had... Uh, there was something else out there. I had oh um oh what's that Centuria game Vanguard. I had four or five games out there that it you know they were I intentionally left them in my way so that I wouldn't become complacent. I'd get get the get them taken care of, got them out of the way, and then I decided that so that I can do some stuff out in the garage this year. There yeah. was a couple things I, I wanted to get knocked out. I've had an air compressor that I wanted to get hooked up forever. And this kind of plays into my blast cabinet. So whenever I'm going to do any kind of board work, like uh, corrosion repair, we talked about this in prior episodes, how to do this. And I, I want to take it out there and media blast it. I'll have to wheel over this little, I think it's a 30 gallon compressor, kind mm-hmm. of smallish compressor. Yeah. Yeah. And even for small boards, it's, I mean, it, it doesn't last very long before I have to stop and let it recharge. So, it, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to have all that. I can't complain, but mm-hmm. it, it was inconvenient and it what was driving me crazy is I've got a 60 gallon, six and a half horsepower compressor sitting on the other side of the building. And I've been here almost 10 years and I've never hooked it up. So this, I, and I've probably had the compressor 15 years. I, I purchased it from a, a guy that I actually work with who had a shop before he moved to Louisville. And when he got to Louisville, he brought a lot of his shop equipment with him. Okay. And yeah. I, I bought a bunch of stuff from him at the time. And I've just moved this compressor around forever. And it was about time to, 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 to do something with it. What I ended up doing was the wiring was mostly here already from the, the previous owner. So it was pretty easy to do that. And in the end, it was a bajillion. You know how this goes. This is almost like with the bathroom <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, trying to shop a pinball or trying to cap a monitor. Yeah. You end up with a bajillion trips somewhere because you've got to, oh, I need this one other little piece that'll put it all back together. So at the end of the day, without getting super deep into it, it burned up a lot of time getting things just like I wanted it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so right now it's all hooked up. Uh, I, like two oil changes through it to get it all good and cleaned out. 
I put a 50 foot retractable hose on it. Nice. And then to kind of really get myself positioned with that blast cabinet, when I, when I bought the compressor, it came with a really nice regulator and filter. Well, I, I hooked, had it hooked up in the, in the, in the airline and it was working until it didn't. Mm-hmm. And then it wouldn't regulate. I yeah. was like, ah, so this thing has sat too long. There's surely a diaphragm in it. I wonder if the diaphragm shot, whatever looked around and they were a little spendy, that same model. The, the the filter I had was a nicer filter designed for like painting. You know, it was a higher quality, nice filter so that it would pull all the moisture and stuff out. And the intention was to have it in like a paint type situation. I found somebody that had one open box, never installed it. And he had it really nicely priced on eBay. Oh, you found it on eBay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Gotcha. So I just ended up buying it and using it in place of the one that I had. Okay. And on a wag, I took it apart because when I got the new one and poking around, I'd also found the diagram online, the, the parts diagram. So I was like, okay, well, I can take this apart and some spring is going to come out of it and shoot through my head. So I took it apart and it was just, it was packed full of crap is what, what ended up being basically wrong with it. Okay. The How does stuff get inside of it. I have no idea All right. whether it could have been just, I mean, is it just residue from what's ran through it before and just kind of like hardened? Well, it's on the other side of the filter. So no, how, how stuff then, got in it, I, I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, and enough. honestly, it could have been from, from like I said, I've had this thing for like 15 years. The, the tag on the side of the tank said it was made in 97. So it could have been where it has been sitting in my garage and storage units and all that, but it's not had a, an air hose or anything on it. It's just had the output side open and bugs got in it, crap got in it, whatever got in it. Nonetheless, I cleaned it all out. And at least now it appears that the regulator's working. So what I ended up doing is I put it on the other side of the garage on the stand where my blast cabinet is. So now I could just run straight from the compressor, straight from that regulator, whether I've got set at about 100 PSI. And then I've got a regulator right there at the blast cabinet that I can adjust up and down if I want to go a little higher, or a little lighter on a board that I'm working on. Gotcha, so gotcha, yeah. it, it all, it all ended up working out. And honestly, and if, if it ends up failing here in short order, I'll probably go to our, our old standby Harbor freight and get an inexpensive regulator yeah. and just put on it and use the same filter tank and just be done and with just it. Be done with you know, it, but yeah. I have it right there. Yeah. So while, I, while that ball was rolling, I was like, all right, I'm going to reclaim my garage. I have two workbenches out there. One of them, this bigger metal workbench, was completely taken over by random pinball and arcade parts. <laughs> yeah. It was the catch-all. It was like, yeah. what am I going to do with this? I'll put it here, and I'll sort it later. I'll sort it later, yeah. And that was one of those deals where it took it took the better part of... Now, three days, not like three full days, but like, okay, well, I got a couple hours. I'll go out there. All right. I've got an hour or two here. I'll go out there. It took the better part of three or four days of having, you know, a little slice of time to sort through all that stuff. And it, it, it's one of those deals where you've, we've all done it. You look at it and you're like, man, there's not that much. Yes, there is. 
And it just, it just like working on the bathroom and all the runs for the parts for the compressor, all that when, when, okay, well, I've got two or three hours tonight. Well, you chew all that up three or four times over. And next thing you know, the month is over. The month is gone. And, and yeah. And that's really kind of where, where I spent the month. Yeah. Um, it's kind of sad, isn't it? it I mean, it's when, just, when you think about well, it. Well, you want to talk about sad. Here's sad. I mentioned last show, and we'll talk a little bit about this in the feedback because there's, yeah. some, there's some stuff in the feedback section we'll talk about. I've got my 3D printer. My 3D printer showed up. Yeah. I have it. It looks awesome. Still in the box. <laughs> yeah. I have not had an opportunity to do anything other than cut the box open. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I, I got something this past month, and it's still in the box as well. So, oh, do yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Well, you helped me uh, last time you were here, which was the last time we recorded. Yeah. I had a small table that was in the upper part of my back garage, and you helped me get that down because mm-hmm. I was going to use that to put the printer on. Mm-hmm. It's the table still sitting out in the building. <laughs> okay. And I, I, I got, I've received my filament. Yeah. I've received the printer, and, and I just, you know, first world problems I know, but I that that that's something I wanted I want to get to because I've been. Uh, I've been reading a lot on uh, just, you know, things you can do with it. A lot of little things I want to make and mm-hmm. print and stuff I can do for the, the game room. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, it's it's open season, man, once you get going with it. I, and I just, I, I need to do it. There was one thing you and I were, were trading links around. It was a, it was a thing mod for Adam's family. Yes, we were. That's right. And... I just happened to be looking out on Thingverse at just I'd put in something random pinball or Adam's Family pinball or Back to the Future or just to see what kind of little trinkets and baubles I could print just to learn and start playing. And as it turns out, the 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 STL file for that thing, no pun intended, that was on eBay yeah. is on Thingverse. Yeah, and it looked good, too. And you can print it. Yes. And that's basically what I guess this this person had done. They were printing Thing, and they would print the, the little his little sunglasses yeah. in a different color. Yeah. And there's this technique where you can print hair. Yeah. And it's kind of funky. Did you did you look at the thing on Thingverse? I mean, I looked at the picture. I didn't, I didn't read up on it or anything well, like that. Well, the way you print hair is... The the thing that you're printing, you basically end up printing the designer of the person that, that designs the thing that has hair. It's got a wall around it, like a circular wall, uh-huh. and they string um, bits of plastic, however you want to term it, out to that wall, and that wall holds it. So when it's all said and done, you basically have what looks like a cylinder, and you look down in the cylinder, and it almost looks like an inverted brush. Oh, cool. Because it all goes into the center. Yeah. When you take a knife and you cut the you inside cut of it. that wall, your your object falls out, and then you take a heat gun and heat up those plastic strands uh-huh. and fold them, brush them, mold them down oh, to yeah. make the hair. That's cool. It's really neat to kind of look that, at. That's neat. Yeah, I, I would have to go back and check that out. Yeah, so uh, hopefully here in the not-too-distant future, I can get that set up. And the other thing I've been working on, and this is this is kind of in the general hobby, cool to have, like the 3D printer, but I could use it in this hobby realm have i talked about thermoforming machines on the show no yet? you haven't i saw it in the show notes and i was immediately inquisitive as to why that showed up in the show notes 
when it did now because it, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like i'm gonna drop an a-bomb right here you know and i, I was looking at it well, and i was like you know oh wow don't mind that mushroom cloud explosion but he's got some plans i wonder what so, i wonder what's going on so let's start here do you know what a thermoforming machine is um i've or, not i've not seen one but but i feel like it is a machine that would use heat to allow you to for either I guess have the result of maybe vacuum forming something yes. to a mold. Yes. Okay. Or all right. The, generally, I, I believe they call it a buck, but yeah, a mold. Okay. All right. So the buck must be the technical term for it. Mold would be what it actually is. So, yeah. I, 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 some t- I, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I think the terms may even just be interchangeable. Okay. Uh, so so think of think of it this way. Basically, what. Your, your your vacuum former thermoforming machine is is you've got a flat table uh-huh. and that's called a platen and it's full of holes and through those holes you'll draw a vacuum and uh-huh. there's a bajillion I won't get d- deep into it but there's a bajillion ways to do it from a hobby perspective yeah like sh- like an army of shop vacs or something like uh, that you uh, smaller ones you can use a single shot vac yeah yeah uh, you get into like a vacuum pump that you use to draw down like storage tanks mm-hmm. and then you do air air quotes dump you know hit a dump valve and those storage tanks will go ahead and they'll create the vacuum on the on the platen yeah there's there's a myriad ways of doing it depending on what you're trying to do and the size of your table cool then the other aspect to it is is a heater so you've got to have some way to start heating this thin sheet of plastic or or you know the material that you're using you can you can do kydex depending on what kind of heat you're doing what kind of vacuum you're drawing kydex is pretty cool yeah it is i mean you can i've seen people make gun holsters and all kinds of knife sheaves sheaves, i've seen it a lot in cosplay stuff yeah it's really cool and it's tough it is after it's been formed after it's heated and formed i mean it is it is very durable Mm -hmm. yes so the, I, I've thought about building one of these for a long time, and, okay. and I've looked at stuff online and ones that folks have done and started formulating plans and thought, okay, well, I like the aspect, this aspect of this person's machine and this aspect of that person's machine, and there's there's various ways to do it. Some people will have a separate heater, and then they'll put the plastic over the heater in a frame, and then they'll pick it up, and then they'll, they'll have another unit that's the platen, and they'll turn on their vacuum, and they'll set it down. Some people will do a deal where it's like a, a flip over deal where it's wider than it is taller. Yeah. And they'll have the heater on one side and the frame will be hinged and they'll just pick it up and like, like a door and like flip it over. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm going with is an overhead heater with a, a frame that holds the heater above the unit. And then I can slide the, the, the frame down with the plastic in it over the platen and basically have it, like as a roll around thing and I'm looking at doing it no bigger than like 26 by 26. And then the vacuum area, the platen will be around 23 by 23 made out of aluminum. Okay. So this is all hand assembled by you. Yeah. This is going to be all hand assembled. Okay. Even cool. So what can I do with it? I mean, I can do, I can do pinball ramps. If you actually look out there, there's stuff on YouTube where people are making pinball ramps, like, a ramp that you can't get, mm-hmm. they make a mold out of the ramp that they have. And then of course they have to reconstruct anything that's broken. And then they'll 
make a vacuum table and some of them are, are, are kind of crude because they're, they're wanting to do one or two shots, one yeah. or two pulls as yeah. they call it just to get themselves a ramp to restore their machine. So they'll take that, they'll take that mold they've made. That's the buck, the negative. I see. And then they'll make the ramp. Yeah. Cool. You know, so there's stuff you can do like other pinball mods you can, you can make, I'm sure anything that I wanted to make that I can make that negative or actually truth be told, it's a positive because Mm -hmm. then you're just going to wrap plastic around it and draw it down. I, I could use it for a myriad of things. So I, I, and if you think about it, a lot of stuff that you interact with is, is vacuum formed. Like Whitney and I have got bottled water here. These aren't vacuum formed. These are blow molded. Yeah. That's the opposite where you have the negative and then they blow plastic into it and mm-hmm. then it fills it the fills, mold. It fills the, va- the, the void. The void, yeah. yeah. Uh, think about anything that you've bought blister packed that's uh-huh. hung like at a store and the, the packaging form fits to the the thing. Yeah. Well, most likely that was done in an industrial vacuum forming situation. No, that, I mean, that that's really neat it, and it comes down to the point to where you could actually 3D print your molds on smaller items. Oh, yeah, I would, yeah. I would yeah. think, yeah. You could. Yeah, and depending on, on you know, the detail you're wanting, you, you could 3D print the base mold and you're, you're to a degree, you've seen even with really good 3D print, you've got a little bit of striping in oh, which the layers are striations for, yeah. for the texture. Yeah. Well, you just, you sand that out. You yeah. print just ever so slightly larger mm-hmm. or you fill it. Uh, but yeah, that, that'll get you 90% of the way there. Interesting. So, so I, I mean, is this something you've been looking at for quite some time? It sounds like you have. I have. I, I've toyed with the idea for a long time, and I really don't have a, something that I want to make. Well, I was going to ask, per you, se. I mean, do you have a use case for it well, he, specifically? Here's what pushed me over the edge. My niece. Uh-huh. And I've mentioned before, she loves the cosplay stuff. She's yeah. really getting into it. She's getting to the age where she can start to create her own stuff. And she's starting to dabble. And you know how that goes. Once oh, you yeah. once you get over an initial hurdle, it's, then it just then starts the world, to snowball. The world opens up. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like the bathroom repairs. Yes. It starts to snowball. Yeah. yeah. So one of, the, one of the key tools in like armor making for the cosplayers or not even full body armor. Like if you're just going to do like an arm piece mm-hmm. or even a, a gaunt, helmet, a gauntlet or something, a gauntlet, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, or something Infin- like a headpiece. Come with infinity stones. He wants infinity. I want Whitney infinity wants stones. me to make vacuum form him infinity. Can, can you vacuum form me some infinity stones? I tell you what, I'll vacuum. Because, because I tell you, I, I've got this idea about <laughs> taking half the earth's population. Oh, do just, you? Yeah. It just, I'm yeah, dude. I'm it's. I'm gonna flip a coin, see what happens. <laughs> just see, see which half goes. Yeah, just see which half goes. But I need you to vacuum for me the gauntlet, okay? Because it doesn't work without well, that. You make the mold, yeah, and I'll okay. vacuum form you the gauntlet, okay. and then you All buy right. different colors of filament, and I'll make you the stones. Interesting. I see. I don't know where these ideas come from. I have no. I've, it's you just hmm. huh? I it's, wonder if they could make a move. No, the movie. No, that's silly. That's, that's silly. silly. Talk. That, that, never, that no would never that. fly. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do build two of these, and I'm going to build one for me, and I'm going to build one for Emma. Is what I'm going to oh, do. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So 
she is going to be a uh, an aspiring uh, a young teen aspiring theater actress cosplayer with her own vacuum forming forming machine at her disposal. Yes. Yeah, that ought to get her. Uh, she ought to be able to skip straight to the head of the line. She so, she yeah. is oh so excited. I'm sure she is. So that's I, awesome. I've dude. started to amass parts. I took the opportunity uh, of our Fourth of July holiday here in the states, and it was Wednesday this year. I went ahead and took Thursday Friday off, and I got the metal that I need for a lot of the framing, and I actually had already gotten in a heater that I was gonna kind of. I was going to deconstruct this heater, assuming I was going to, or knowing I was going to need more than one. I wanted to see one of them first, and I decided I don't, I don't like it. So I've gone back and I'm looking at ceramic fiberboard and nichrome wire and doing the math. And I'm actually going to just lay out and make my own heating elements for the top. So I'm kind of, it's going to be a little longer build, like with the bathroom and the air compressor. Oh, they all are, man. Than I had originally intended, but it's going to, I think it's going to end up uh, much, uh, much nicer than I had enrig- originally in- envisioned. So, oh, okay. Okay. I don't know if you, you've really never seen me build anything like this. I, I tend to get in my mind what I'm going to do and I get about 80% of it worked out. And then that last 20, I do on the fly. On the fly. That's the way I've always... It's, man, dude. That's the way I've always done it. Well, you've got to be able to... You've got to be able to kind of move and adjust because... Unless you're working from a detailed blueprint, it's not going to go exactly the way you think it's going to go. So, I mean, that's, I don't know. To me, that just sounds kind of normal, yeah. I, I guess. I, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I, I think any of us that would get get a, a, a first-run project 90% of the way there... You're 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 going to have to have a little bit of um, a little bit of flexibility. I'm trying to figure out what I could do with it in the video world. I know in the pinball world, there's already a couple things um, that come to mind. Like for example, what the Data East game uh, WWF or the one's got Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and all that. Is it WWF or I? I know Rec Bar I, I has think, one. So. It's a wide body. It's a it's a decent game. Yeah, it's one of the games. It it's got a um, it's got a launch button instead of a plunger. Okay, and then the assembly it sets on is plastic, which was surely vacuum formed in the day. Yeah, and you can't get those. I know Rec Bar just went through that. They I, I don't know where he turned up with one, but I think somebody a hobbyist out there. Like the gentleman, I can't think of his name now because it's been a couple years since since I bought anything from him that made the ramps for my Genesis. Oh, okay. He he did the same thing. You know, once he made his his buck, he had either built, made, or access to a, a vacuum form machine, and I'm sure that's exactly what he did. It, they're vacuum formed. That's how those ramps are made. So, you know, things like the little uh, the little assembly, like for some of the games that have a start button or excuse me, a launch button that isn't flush with, with the game, some subway underplay field type pieces. I, I can think of on a few games that you just can't get that would be relatively easy. They're not super complex thing, things that you could learn on, you know, yeah. I'm thinking like I'm looking right now on my Adams, that would be a difficult ramp. I mean, it, the, the ramp has two entrances and it's not flat. It has a lot of shape to it. So it would be interesting to have to create the buck for that. 
Now, just real quick, yeah. not to interrupt you, but I am. Uh, you mentioned the Genesis Rams back in episode 31. Okay. That was July of 2015. Oh, wow. Three years ago. Three years dude. ago. The guy's name is Mark, but uh, that's, he, that's all. Got. In fact, you've got a, a, a little blurb in here that says, do not give out his last name. So I'm not oh, going okay. <laughs> to say anything. Well, he was on Pinside. I think he still is producing Rams. Oh, then, you know, something Then he's probably public knowledge at this point. I mean, th- there is a... There is a Pinside thread here, Pinside.com. And it, yeah, the topic is called Genesis Ramp. So the, I, I just, anybody who wants to know anything about it, go back on the website, look in the show notes for episode 31. It's all the links are going to be there. At so the time, he was he was also making the, the ramp for high speed. He was making them clear. Yes, and you, uh, that is correct. You're right, because it takes the place of the black one that right. was originally there. Yeah. Man, that I need to go back and look, because that, geez, talking about, things you wanted to do i've wanted to shop that high speed forever yeah it, it, you know something it's it's a good game and yeah when it's shopped and when it's spun up right it, it is a fun game. I, i've done a little tune-up on this one but i've really that's that and the csi have been ones i want to take down and shop shop yeah and uh i, I wanted to put one of his ramps my, my ramp is fine but i was thinking about putting a clear ramp on it oh i would man it would open up the play field so much more i, I never did like Williams was in that era of those black ramps. Man, and, it's it's like a black wedge. Yeah, and it I, just it just I don't know. I I I'd, I'd I'd rather have a clear oh, or yeah. or a wire I, form, either one yeah. of the two. Yeah. I, I look at like and it's you look at road it's Road Kings cuz that's also a similar game in terms of genre and it it's it's got black ramps around it. And then yeah. you look at F14 and these mm-hmm. are all like they're F14 Tomcat is tough to play because yeah. of that because you can't see anything. It's got the the it's it's not just a ramp. It's got the big overhang on the yeah. left side where the wire forms the ledge and the ledge and it's just like that. Yeah, it's is. just it's just <laughs> right there on the playfield. And I mean, I, I was playing that at Reg Bar, and I, I actually like the the challenge of the game and how it's laid out and ha- and kind of how fast it plays. But dude, you can't see the top third of it. No, you can't. It just it see it just seems like I said it's just like ah it's there but whatever yeah yeah no I get it we we uh, yeah we're yeah we'll, so, we'll we'll digress with the best of them so anyway I'm sure over the coming months through the summer I'm <laughs> gonna have a lot title. of what what's the digress with the best of them. So, <laughs> there you yeah. go show title yeah I, I'm sure I have a, a a lot of seemingly unrelated yet in my mind eventually related to the hobby updates relating yeah. to this stuff that I'm working on yeah. so yeah. Anyway, that's kind of been my month. Oh, well. Man, it's not as much game stuff as I would have liked, at least not well, directly but you, related. But you know something? It all adds up. I mean, it's it's one of those things. Um, the one thing I will say before, uh, before I hop in and talk about mine, man, I, I will say this. Misery does love company because I alluded to this, and I, I did want to just spend five minutes on it. But, man, I, I had my own basement issue last month. And what happened to me, and I'm fortunate that I caught it in time. Mm-hmm. If I'd been traveling when this happened, oh, the amount of problems I would have had on my hand would have been un, un, just unfathomable. So what okay. happened? Um, I had a frost-free spigot bust inside the wall. And so it now, hap- a frost freeze spigot. Yeah. Do, do you do you are you are you aware of how they work? They're, no, I have no idea what that is. Okay. Uh, all of your spigots on the outside of your house, if they were made within the past 
20 some odd years are, are considered or should be frost free because where the spigot goes uh, oh, frost free it, frost free okay yes. yeah and they're, they're long uh, frost free spigot is about i don't know 18 18 inches long maybe because um where where it it slides in from the outside of the house mm-hmm. and then it comes it, it'll it'll pierce the seal and everything like that yeah. and, and come into the inside of the house and, and your then, game room is in the basement by the my way my game room is in the basement yes. yes as is my as is my theater room and our console room grace and i's console room and my office is in the basement mm-hmm. everything like that you know pretty much our basement is like the entertainment portion of the house okay spare bedroom and all that and a bathroom's down there as well but it, it, anyway again i digress but um what had happened was is the frost free spigot had frozen over <laughs> winter okay i was gonna say because th- we're this is july <laughs> I, know, I know i know but this is our but, summer I, I know it's our summer but the problem is is that um for whatever reason that was one hose that i that was one hose that i missed uh, before winter set in, I have no and, idea and, what this is. This is why I'm looking this yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Go, go take a look at it. It's got the spigot on the end and, and the little knob that you turn on your yeah. spigot, and then it's got like a plastic or copper pipe that goes back like 18 inches or so in the ball that that seals off the the ball portion of the valve that seals off the spigot mm-hmm. is actually at the end of the tube, and that's oh. what allows it. To, that's what allows it to freeze instead of your water line so, busting. Okay, so I see. So so for people that aren't in an environment like we are, yes. you know, what what you have to do in areas of the US, I'm sure in other areas of the world where you have cold enough temperatures to freeze water, mm-hmm. what we'll do is typically well, your your spigot that's on the outside of the house, the shut off the where it actually stops the water is generally in the older designs out in that actual spigot with where the knob is on the outside of the house where the knob is that's a problem so (laughs) what i do because my spigots are like that okay and generally what you do is you've got a cut off on the inside of the house on the warm side of the house Uh and come the end of the warm season you open up your ceiling tiles or reach up in your crawl spaces or whatever And, you know, you turn them off Uh so that you don't have water on the outside of the foundation of the home. Yeah. That way it won't freeze and expand and bust. So this thing, I see what you're saying. A frost-free spigot solves that problem. Because it, it... shuts the water off about two feet away about two feet away that's exactly right got, okay. so, so the shutoff for the water or where the water pressure I, i've never oh you never seen one of those i cannot believe it i've never okay. seen one of these so so the water pressure sits at the end of that copper tube okay 18 or inches tube. inside 18 to 24 yeah. inches inside the house so you never have to go cut off your spigots you just turn them off like normal in the warm the warmth of the house which is the warmth of the house takes care of keeping it from freezing right because the the head of the water because, is 18 inches because inside the pressure yeah. of the water is 18 yeah, inches inside no, the house the, there's no water it's, outside it's, the foundation it's never exposed to the elements whatsoever huh unless you leave a hose attached to it and what and the hose freezes and the water will creep its way back yeah, cause it, to as the it ball expands. valve as it expands. Now, what happens then is that 
frost-free spigot is meant to crack and it is meant to relieve the pressure and then that stops the ice from continuing on down your water pipe okay? okay even if it freezes so it did for me exactly what it was supposed to do but i didn't realize that it had done it until june when i turned the spigot on for the first time oh okay even though i had removed the hose from the spigot uh late in the spring mm-hmm. okay now this is my fault because what we had done was we had left a hose reel covering up that spigot and as i walked by it a thousand and three times the spigot was hidden and out of sight, out of mind. Yep. You know? So it's one of those scenarios where I just missed it. All right? So I, I literally caused my own problem, but it, it was a latent issue. But anyway, so what happens is, is uh, we go turn on the spigot. Do you believe that we're a video so, and pinball podcast and we just we're, and we're talking about frost-free spigots? Oh, my yeah. god! Sorry about that. No, that's... Anyway, okay, so... Stay with us, folks. What you're telling, you, telling me is chop, chop, No, I'm just... Along. It's just yeah. the shock. It's just... Yeah, it's, it's like... It's typical us, no. Where do we it's go? It's all right. Yeah. So you... This thing... This thing busted, okay? And what it did, as soon as I turned it on... It, it still will. It still will, uh, you know, service water no problem yeah. at all. But because it's cracked, what did it do? It started spraying water inside the oh, wall. Oh, so it wasn't like all of a sudden you you come downstairs and there's like a sprinkler going off. Nope. Once you open the valve and water got past the ball uh-huh. valve, past the ball, then it started going. The, the pressure of the water will push it out the spigot. But there's still, an, but there's still a eno- crack. enough pressure because there's a crack that you're going to get 12% out the crack and 88% out the so spigot. So was this buried in a wall or was yes. this? Oh, it was buried in a wall. Oh, it wasn't like an unfinished part no, of the basement? No, oh. no, This was buried in a wall. Please tell me this wasn't a game room wall. It, no, it was a spare bedroom wall. Okay. So, so everything's okay for about an hour because I didn't know it. Okay. So, like, did you turn it on, like, to a sprinkler so it was on for, like, an to, hour? To a hose, and it, and it ran for about an hour and a half before I realized it. Oh, man. So, what happens is I come downstairs in the basement, and I notice that the carpet is wet in spots. And I'm looking at it, and I go, what the, hey, you know, and keeping it family-friendly. Yeah. I didn't say that, though. Did, okay, was I, there a, dr- I dropped bombs everywhere, okay? <laughs> be, be honest, was there a split second when you thought it was a dog? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought my dog had gone downstairs and popped a squat, okay? And I'm sitting there thinking, it's like, what's going on? And I, of course, Poor I put dog my hand on the dog. Yeah, I know. I, well, that's what you always do first time. Put my hand on it, smelled my hand. I'm like, that's not dog. That's just clear water. And I'm going... Where in the world is this coming from? And the only thing that we had done is turn that spigot on. And I'm like, I, and I can hear the spigot running yeah. through the wall and everything like it, like it normally does. And I, I'm like, okay, I've, I've got a problem here. And so as I started walking around the basement where the exit of the spigot is, I could push on the wall because I already had an idea oh. what was going on. I push on the wall and the in the the drywall had already soaked. Oh, okay? yeah. And it was getting spongy. All yeah. right. Oh. And so after it had after it had absorbed all that it could, the water was just shearing off and hitting the floor and then running 
under the so, carpet oh. everywhere it could go. Well, because, plus it was probably also run down the inside cavity of that wall. Oh, exactly. And then getting out of the baseboard. Exactly. So oh. what had happened was is the water in that short amount of time, the water had gotten into three rooms. Okay, the guest bedroom, the th- home theater room, which is the wall opposing that, and then out into the hallway of the basement. And I'm I'm sitting there freaking out, man, because I'm like, how do I even begin to fix this? Okay, how do I even Saw begin to all. fix this? And that's exactly what I did. Is I, I took, at that point you got to cut the wall open because you don't know exactly what's leaking. That's and exactly you don't, right. You don't know you turn that valve off and it stops it before the leak. That's exactly right. So I turned it off, shut the water off to the house, and immediately got a saw and went to cutting my walls open. Oh my okay? gosh! And, and I was irritated. I had to get into my drop ceiling. Yeah, it, it, word. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, so I cut the wall open. Find the pro. Find the 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 problem. I, I had a good idea because I could. I measure. I went outside, measured up how high the spigot was. Yeah. Walked inside. I knew which wall it was opposing. But I was not going to cut open my home theater wall because it would have cut right into my home theater screen. And my screen's like permanently mounted to the wall. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I went into the spare bedroom and and got it and cut it open. Saw what the problem was. Went and got me a, a, a new frost-free spigot. Yada, yada, yada. X, X number of dollars later. Swapped and everything like that. And... Uh, what I had to wind up doing is pulling the carpet back in three rooms and then running some fans yep. and running dehumidifiers. Yep. Literally, dude, for three weeks. Yeah. Okay. It's it's shocking how long it takes to yes. get. Yeah. So uh, I had to do a mini tear up of my basement. Well, here I was feeling bad that I had pro- to screw around with a drop ceiling tile. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just one of those things. It, it, Congr- it, Whitney. It, yeah, sir, you win. Exactly. Well, it's not. I mean, I didn't it, have to drywall. It, well, yeah, exactly. So it's not like I'm going to text you and do a woe is me. It's just one yeah, of those things it's where it's is. just it just is what it is. But well, this goes back to what I said about liking the fact that I have access to all of the the wet space in this house. Yeah, yeah you're you're fortunate. Short, short of the couple little stubs that would like run up into like. Say like the toilet I'm looking at here in the game room bathroom. Yeah, the stub that drops down the wall. Yeah, to feed or excuse me the the uh, pipe that drops down the wall to feed that stub. So what is that eight or ten feet? Yeah, and then there's a, a couple like that in the bathroom going upstairs. But I can still even cut a pipe and slide that whole thing yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I've got access to all of it. Yeah. Well, you're fortunate because my house is done in such a way that. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. so, um, so you have to you have to measure, you have to do this, lick your finger, take a take a look at it, and say I'm cutting right, right there, there. And, yeah. and then go at it. But the good thing about it is, is that um, I cut all the wet drywall out, and then was able to run the dehumidifiers, and it dried the rest of everything out. No mold, no issues, no nothing like that, because I got to it so quickly. So where'd you get the dehumidifiers? Um, I had I had them. Okay. Yeah, they I already had them. So I just pulled them from. I mean, I typically run one in my game room anyway. I, I was about to say, um, 
I, th- I thought you said that you did. Yeah, I and, did. and that's a question for the listeners. Does anybody do that? I've considered putting one down here. Yeah, in my game, but you've been down here. It's never really. It's not humid down no, it, here. No, it's not. But you would be surprised what the relative humidity is inside a room. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't realize it until I watched the gauge on the dehumidifier, because if if I leave it. If I leave it off for a day or heck, even six hours, the relative humidity in that room will will creep up to seventy five to eighty huh. percent. When I run the dehumidifier, it's at about thirty eight to forty percent. So does yours does yours drain to a tank or does it, you have a hose that runs off into? Uh, it, it drains to a tank and then I just I just dump it every day is what I okay. do while, while I'm running because I, I mean I only run them during during the summer months. I mean three months out of a year so. Quite honestly, what it does is it forces me to go in the game room every day and just kind of put my eyes on everything, you know, dump the dehumidifier and take mm-hmm. off and go on about my way. You know, it's, it's no yeah, big like deal. I thought about getting one. Yeah. I, I, I would hi- I would highly recommend one. Okay. I, I think that's I think, just another thing I need to add to my daily routine is go bingo. dump the tank. Go dump the tank. All right. You know? All right. Dogs fed. Chickens are fed and watered. Dump the tank. Dump the tank. Dump the All tank. Right, check. That's it. Check and roll on. But I will say this, having them was was a bit of a was a bit of a, a fortunate scenario because I was able to move them into the basement around the areas that were the most affected and then just run the dehumidifiers for a good long time. Well, if anybody so, out there actually has de- a dehumidifier in their game room, I'd love to hear about yeah, it. And like, yeah. What do you have and what models and yeah. how does it work? And- I, I'll, I'll dig up the model that I got and, <clears throat> and text it to you and then you can you can take a look at it or put it in the show notes either way but. i've seen some that you could you could run a hose from oh, yeah. and into a tank yeah, and the, or into were, a drain yeah, rather. yeah into a drain and these support that they they have they have a hose fitting on them mm-hmm. it's just that it would be a real long hose through my finished base well, i could go just for like day-to-day use not when i'm having people over uh-huh. i can go right to the drain right there in that laundry room right yeah next well to you. in my basement or i'm sorry my workroom in my office is in in is in a quote uh, it's in a room like like your laundry room, mm-hmm. concrete floor and all that with a drain because that's where our um, that's where our geothermal system is, and so there's a drain there for it. And I could I could do that when I don't have company over, and, and maybe that's something that I, I ought to look at doing. But you know, dumping the tanks is no big deal either. I just kind of do it. Man, so. we have had a. And you haven't even got into the core of what you've been doing this month. We've no. had a weird month. Yeah, it is. It's it's been a weird month. So so I, I so I had to take care of that. Okay, and I'm walking by all my games, going, I wish I could play you. I sure I sure <laughs> would like to do a I'd mod have a on little you. Time, yeah, I'd love to have a little time to 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 have to have some fun. I'd love to play Ghostbusters, but what am I doing? I'm over in the other room cutting out wall. You know, so so th- there it is. So anyway, I, I guess it, more of the story is uh, when fall sets around. Uh, uh, make sure all your hoses are are removed from your spigots. But <laughs> anyway, so as far as my month goes, um, Brent, a couple of things here. I'll I'll keep it quick because I know we've got we've got more to get to. But um, my month has mostly been uh, has mostly been earmarked around two things. Uh, I've had some travel for work, which which is just has been a blast. I've just thoroughly enjoyed that, and I'll get into that here for, in a second. But dude, um, I've had more of a console month than anything else, and it's been earmarked by what I consider to be the score of scores. And I do want to thank you and uh, fellow listener Charlie Friday because both of you guys uh, did a mention for me in a Facebook post uh, 
for a gentleman that was selling uh, what wound up to be a boxed Vectrex console and several boxed games. And here's the thing. I was uh, I was very fortunate uh, because I paid a very fair price for it. In fact, I'd consider it actually a very good price for it. And the, the seller had all kinds of people... Dude, I, I mean, I watched the comments. He had all kinds of people dumping on him, going, I'm interested, I'm interested, sending you a PM, I'm interested, I want it, will you ship it? You know, yada, yada, yada. I see it, that a lot in the forums oh, that yeah. I follow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was just, I mean, it was just left and right, man. And I, I took, you know, I, I took a, a chance because I wasn't the first guy there. You know, I took a chance and I sent him a PM and I said, hey, um, I, I want this. I'll pay your price. And uh, I'm, yeah, I know I'm not local. And uh, so I'll take care of you on the shipping if you'd be willing to ship it to me. And he said, well, yeah, I've got other people that are trying to make a deal and swing this and swing that. And I told him, I'm like, look, uh, my buddy uh, did, you know, my buddy mentioned me in. That's how I found it. I've got another friend of mine who, um, who you saw, he, he also mentioned me as well. And uh, I said, listen, I'm, I'm going to be easy to work with if you're if you'd be willing to sell it to me. It took a day or so, and then he got back with me, and he said, "Okay, I'll, you know, it's yours. It's yours if you want it." And I was like, "Heck yeah, man, <laughs> done!" And so we sealed the deal. I find and- that I find that a lot that you get. I've said this about Craigslist long yeah. ago. I don't think I ever said it on the show, but it, I think the, I know where we're going. The with days this. of listing something in the paper. And having to have that actual interaction uh-huh. are long since gone. And when you had to do that, you tended to find a more committed buyer because they had to put more into actually reaching out and contacting you. Yeah. Whereas in today's world, it's too easy to click reply or this or that. And then as a seller, a lot of times you're just you're, you're kind of in this weird lurch because uh-huh. you've got this land rush of interested parties, but that's it. Yeah. There's, there's no, no one standing in line ready for checkout or no one makes themselves distinctive enough amidst everybody else. Mm. So why would a seller pay attention to you? Meaning the person, uh, you, uh, I'm not, not you, Brand, the body. Yes. The yes. Buyer. Oh, no, I, pays, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why everybody listens to this show and pays attention. So, well, we do talk about frost free spigots. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, that should be a show title. Frost free spigots. Yeah. That's a potential. I'll put that in the list. Put, put that up there. Yes. The frost free spigot. Yes. Is, yes. We're going to find, I need to find a graphic for that. I love it. But, um, but, but yeah, it's like how do you make yourself stand out amongst uh, a sea of thirty other potential, you know, potential buyers or, or whatever it may be. But nonetheless, he he did uh, he did get in touch with with me. We worked the deal, and so waited about three or four days. It showed up. Uh, it was a great big box, and I opened that box so fast. I mean, I I mean, I vaporized the box and pulled out that box that, that box vectrex console and it was beautiful the box is in good shape and uh, it came with berserk cosmic 
uh, chasm, spike. Of course, Mindstorm is built in, but it did have the overlay with that. And a game, a homebrew game called Vectrexagon. And I'd never heard of this. I had to go out and look it, it, it up. It came with a homebrew game? It came with a homebrew game as well. Yeah, Vectrexagon is what it's called from a, a company called, uh, an, or a company named SDW Developments. So all, all in all, uh, four... So how old is that? Um it looks like, I mean, the, the homebrew game is, is fairly new. Um, I, I don't know exactly. I mean, it's within the past several years. Okay. But right. um, I, you can go out to their, I, I've got a link to their website in the in the show notes here, and, and it'll, it'll be on the It just surprised post. me. I, and I'm going to be honest. I know we don't get into pricing a whole lot, yeah. but the pricing on it was so fair. It was fair so is, fair. is a good word. Yeah. I was a little shocked. Yeah. And I, I would have thought that, that, you know, most of your homebrew games are going to be fifty-five to seventy-five bucks. They're which not. Is, they're not cheap. No, because I mean, they're small run. There's That's a lot right. of work that goes into That's them. Exactly right. And uh, it just so that that tells me that it came from a person that was probably in the hobby or knew yeah. a little bit about it. Well, I'd have to think so because everything was boxed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, I, I see these listings on eBay all day long where you get just a console. Maybe, maybe you get a controller. And it'll be four hundred and fifty dollars, at least three, at least three seventy five, mm-hmm. and uh, and this was this was the console, uh, the console boxed. It had the original styrofoam. I mean, I mean, Britt, the only thing was one of the flaps was tore up on the box. But send outside it back. of that, the box, yeah, <laughs> yeah, send it back. <laughs> but outside of that, the box is the box is great. I would. For I don't have the box for mine, and the, that. My Vectrex has always been in my family. Yeah. It was my sister's. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So so this so this one was obviously well taken care of. Um and, and like I say, box copies of Berserk Cosmic Chasm Spike and and this Vectrexagon as well. So anyway, uh, you know, all all one money, uh very fair, and I took care of the guy on shipping. I was I was fair with him on that and, and it, it just it just really, really worked out. So thank you, Brent. You're thank so you, very welcome. Thank you, Charlie I Friday. I appreciate it. Charlie and I spent your money you know something that was one of those that i was all too happy to make happen you know so uh it is a it is an early serial number gce model it's not a milton bradley vectrex so it is out of the first year the first year run but uh but yeah it's it's good controller's beautiful Uh, i mean it's it's in super good shape and then i guess the other uh item would be the vectrex score part two uh, Brent, this is something that that you and I, I think, kind of stumbled on on Facebook. Is there was a guy out of Canada that was selling um, new old stock monitor chassis and uh, logic boards for the Vectrex, and so we were able to we were able to pick us up uh, some of that. So, in that purchase again, come completely out of the blue. I mean, dude, how long have you been on Facebook? I don't know what eight years, seven years, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. How many times have you ever seen a new old stock? Stock Vectrex monitor chassis board with flyback and everything, but you know, come, I've, I've, never, I've never, I've never seen dude, like sorry, that. Sorry, dude, I'm beating on the table. Yeah, my he's, bad. yeah. and he's squeaking the table. Yeah, that, I'll have to get you a better table, Whitney. Well, I get excited. I know what I do. I get excited. Well, the the thing too is, is that uh, it's just interesting that I saw it. I know it's because, crazy. Um, I, when I when I look at Facebook anymore, I've been looking at specific things. Like I'm started to look at. 3d printer type groups and i look at rc car type groups and i look at arcade type groups and i i 
that that just came up just I happened to be, you know, flipping through the wall or whatever. Your the feed news feed, there. the feed. Yeah. And I was like, Oh well look at that. Yeah. You know? And it he had like this couple boxes set out against the side of this building and a bunch of it just kind of opened up and laid out. And it's like, well, that's something you don't see every day. <laughs> like ever. Yep. Yeah. And so this gentleman had, uh, I think he had bought out a, a past operator and that operator, not a Vectrex operator naturally, but that operator, I, I guess. A repair it, center uh, or something. Yeah. A repair center or something where um, they had had all this new old stock Vectrex equipment. And so he offered it up and I, I'm telling you, you had to jump on it and you had to jump on it fast and so it took uh it took a bit of discussion back and forth but was able to at least uh seal the deal on that as well so um yeah like i say it's been a vectrex month and you know i went from uh i went from nothing to uh to a heck of a, a heck of a stash you know within the course of about three to four weeks so i was very very happy about that. And uh, the only other thing, Brent, and then I'll talk about my work trip here real quick, is last month I mentioned pre-ordering the uh, Hyperkin, the Retron 77. And uh, all the details on that are, are, are on last month's show. Just a short, it's a it, it's a new Atari 2600 console um, from Hyperkin. Comes with a single joystick. Uh, I did and plays the, original 2600 cards. cartridges. Yep. Yes. Yes. And, and it plays almost all of them. There's a few that it has a problem with, but the, the lion's share or the vast majority, the 95 percentile is, is definitely hit. Um, there, there are a couple of reviews for this. Uh, it's now available for order and people are taking delivery. There's um, a gentleman, Metal Jesus Rocks. Um, he's a big console guy on YouTube as well as a gentleman. Uh, and, I, and I'd watch Metal Jesus Rocks. I'd watched his videos before. He, he does a good job with this stuff. And then another gentleman the, called the, uh, named the Immortal John Hancock. I'd never heard of him before. But he also did a, a review of the Retron 77. There are two... There they're reviews from two different angles. They both do a great job. I think, honestly, in order to get a good picture of the console, you per, you pretty much need to watch both of those reviews. Uh, you'll have about twenty to twenty five minutes invested in both of them by the time it's all over with. But it does it does help you to understand the console, its limitations, its its quirks, and and kind of what the the roadmap for it would look like. So pretty neat stuff. Um, if everything works out, I will be able to have first hand. Uh, review of this or just kind of some feedback and comments on it for next month's show. It's just that um, I, it's still sitting in the box because as soon as it came in, uh, about a day later, I had to hop on a plane and uh, and fly out for a work trip, and uh, which leads me into this next uh, this next bit here, Brent. I was mm-hmm. um, I spent probably uh, just a hair over a week in. Uh, in Paris, France, uh, this month for for work, and and it had an absolute not blast. Paris, Kentucky, not Paris, Kentucky, but Paris, France, and had an absolute blast. Slightly and, different. So it, it is the tower in Kentucky's <laughs> shorter. It, it's shorter and it leans. Okay, and and by leans meaning it's fallen over. But anyway, um, Paris, France, and it, it was an absolute blast. I'm I'm just very fortunate that my work gives me the opportunity to, to do things like this. But um, I did I did try to get to the Paris Pinball Museum. 
And I do want to give a shout out to our friend of the show, Jim Hale, because he he did some legwork and tried his best to get me all the information. Well, he did do he did his best. He got me all the information uh, for what it takes to get to the Paris Pinball Museum and get in and everything like that. But I just flat ran out of time because I was there for so, work. So and, that. I'm confused there is that not to downplay anything that that Jim would have done to help obviously but is there like a secret knock or something or is it more than just finding it and walking in and saying oh no it's not open to the public at all and it's run by two private collectors and you have to set up getting you have to set up going there in advance and you do it by email and by contacting these guys and talking to them. Okay. And then you set up the time to go, and then they open it up for you, and then they charge you uh, a cover, I guess a donation, to keep the museum running. And as Jim has told me, it is it is a significant private collection that spans from wood rails up to EM, through EMs, and, so, and then just keeps going from gotcha. there. Gotcha. Okay? So... Uh, I looked at their website, and I will have a link to the website in the show notes. Uh, or on, well, I don't have any show notes right now, but I'll make sure it's on the blog post in the in the link table. But um, they they do open to the public on certain holidays, okay? Certain holidays in France, but it's not something that's open just on any given day. So I just couldn't hop on the metro, which is their version of the of their their subway system. You just couldn't hop on the metro and then just go show uh, up, and, show walk up in. and expect okay. to get in. Gotcha. So I don't know that I'd say secret handshake, but it, it's definitely you have to work in order to get it set up and, and, and to get there. So I so Jim gave me all the info um, and I was really wanting to go, but I, I just I, I just flat ran out of time because I mean, quite honestly, I was there for work, and I wasn't. I wasn't there. Uh, wasn't there for that um, to to take hours to be able to go and do that. So uh, now that I've got all the info lined out, I can be a better. I can be a better traveler next time and set that up and and get there the next time that I happen to find myself uh, in France, which I, I hope that I can go again someday. It's 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 a it's it's a very 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 neat very neat city. So um, I'm sorry, Paris, a very mm-hmm. neat city in france so anyway uh so there's that so um wrapped up the the work week uh there in paris and while i was there i i did uh shoot a message over to uh to my buddy alex uh he's a nintendo i've heard of him oh yeah yeah my buddy alex and said hey man i'm gonna be in europe so uh if everything could work out can you put me up for a weekend and i'll uh you know i'll just stay the weekend and, and travel home uh travel home on monday and, uh, and we can hang out. And so it so fortunately it worked out that way. We had a couple back and forth with my work schedule where I, it may not have worked out, but uh, fortunately it did. And so uh, I was able to get I was able to meet up with uh, Alex and with uh, Vic Marlin and uh, everybody would know Vert Vic from the Ten Pence Arcade. And we uh, we hung out Friday and Saturday and Sunday and. Um, was able to go to uh, an arcade meetup with some of Alex's friends uh, in Cambridge, uh, and we did that on Saturday night. That was that was great. We had about twenty five people there, and uh, the gentleman. Uh, and what I found out, Brent, is most of the most of the the folks in the arcade community uh, in in uh, Britain have nicknames. Okay, so everybody's got a handle. 
that they go by on the UK VAC forum. And this the, this guy's uh, name is named Steve, and uh, his nickname is uh, Bonehead. So we went over to Bonehead Steve's and had and had a blast. He opened up his arcade. So, so the handle uh, uh, comes into the real world. It's oh, more common. No, oh yes, yes, it comes into the real world. And when people are, and when they're talking to each other, they'll either use the handle or their name interchangeably. You know, <laughs> so, and, so and it can I, be I, either. I'm terrible first, with I'm can, terrible with games as it is. Exactly. I mean, names as it is. I, I, mean, I, I know. Ask Mike Martin and, and Eddie Cox. I'm exactly. terrible. But now I've got two names, and they're oh, it, everybody's got two names. Uh, a given name and a handle name, okay? And it's used interchangeably, and it's used in either first or third person discussion on top of that. So I had a good chuckle at uh, at listening to everybody talk about the handles and the names, and oh, that's Ienski, and that's Bonehead, and that's Milky, and that's everybody else. And Alex was giving me a crash course on who was who and who had what nickname and everything else. And it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was comical, but it was, <laughs> but it was so endearing and so awesome all at the same time. So. So Steve opened up his uh, his home arcade and he had a, a very impressive uh, garage or uh, a, a garage as they call it and um, and it, it, he had about I don't know maybe twenty some odd games in there very very nice setup and had some very good titles and there was about twenty five people over and uh, we played we played arcade games pretty much up until about one thirty or so in the morning and I'll tell you what man I played lots of uh, Nintendo Sheriff Alex had his Nintendo Sheriff up right there and I played lots of Food Fight Brent and I did uh, refresh myself on Gravitar Atari Gravitar and Major Havoc as well as uh, um, a game that I never really spent any time on back in the day. What, Major Havoc? No, no. Well, I, that that as well. But um, no, Ghosts and Goblins. Did you ever play that much back in the day? I, I, on the Commodore 64. Okay. But not, right. not, I'm sure I played it arcade wise, but yeah. not that I really remember. And I know I played it at shows. Yeah. And it, it's a, it's tough. It's tough, right. man. It is tough. And so burned an hour or so on Ghosts and Goblins. Um, it's just frustratingly hard. But it. But I definitely see the appeal of it, and it and it has a. It has its own personality, and I, I really, 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 really enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, met back up with many folks that that uh, I, I met for some for the first time back in October 2017 for the Skyskipper reveal. Um, my buddy Porchy, good buddy Porchy, uh, uh, fellow friend Dave Orton. Now, is that a real name or is that a handle? That's a handle. Okay. That's a handle. But uh, Porchy knows who Porchy is, and Porchy's a, a great, great guy and great friend. And uh, Dave Orton, Harry Bolt, Roger Cantor, Dean Swain, Ian Taylor. See, I wouldn't Paul survive. Matter. I wouldn't survive there because any of the handles that I use online <laughs> yeah. or that I've classically used, yeah. it, it's it, I use the same one just about everywhere, and it's not. It, there's letter there's numbers in it it's not pronounceable yeah, well that you see that that just that that's a that's a deal breaker right yeah. there. that's dead because as soon as you have to start saying numbers yeah it gets clumsy yeah it yeah. gets clumsy it gets, it's it not gets long clumsy. but there's numbers in it. no no it, exactly but it but it gets clumsy so fast and yeah and just to round it out steve larkin bonehead steve I, just the whole group i mean the guys were just absolutely awesome and i do want to give um 
uh, a shout out to Porchy. He he did uh, he did get my daughter some uh, some Buenos uh, contraband that I was able to get home, and that's a uh, that's kind of like a candy bar, like a Twix bar that we have over here. Only it's the UK version of a Twix bar. Okay, and they're absolutely delicious. And <laughs> that's the only thing Grace wanted from my trip. She's like, "Can you talk to Porchy and get me some Buenos?" And you know what? I talked to Porchy, and Porchy got me Buenos. So Porchy, you made you made my thirteen year old daughter uh, beyond happy. It was awesome. And then I also want to give a shout out to uh, Vic. Uh, Vic, uh, once uh, once I was talking with him about the Vectrex and everything, because I, I reached out to him because I wanted to ask him if 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 he had anything left over where he could make me the same type of controller that he made you. Well, the, the awesome controller. I, I was I like, mean, I sort of, I sort of might know where the prototype of Vic's controller. Is. Oh no, nice. no, that's what I've got. Nice, that's what he gave me. Yes, I know. When he visited, yes, he. It's did. in a very coveted location, too. Huh? Uh, so, whoa! No, no, nice. I've no, I've just got the one. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. But it's the it's it's, it's the, the one you've seen. Yes. yes. Oh, and it's the Mac Daddy yeah. of all controllers. So you were you were asking if he had parts and stuff left from the the production uh, run that it, it, resulted it, from. Yeah, and I know I was coming at it late and everything like that, but I just and man, you know what? Don't ask, never get. So I figured I figured I'd at least front it to him, and he was like, "No, that ship has sailed, long gone." So he said he was was not going to be uh he wasn't going to revisit that so what was made was made so dude consider yourself lucky on that uh-huh. deal right there but what he did do is he made me a killer sanwa stick and button vectrex controller oh cool yeah it's in it's in a little plastic platform box and everything like that and he goes it's for he goes happy birthday dude it's for your birthday and i was like score <laughs> You know, so so it worked out. So I was I was super stoked. So Vic took Vic took really really good care. You of have me to as bring well. that by next time. Just it, I will. Yeah, it, I'll do well, that to see it overall. But when I think of the Sanwa sticks, they're they're like smaller. They're, they're smaller. Kinda. Yeah, they're I, smaller. I know that some some folks love them. Yeah, so, uh, they're used uh, quite often for things like you know to make console types. Yeah, and like ret- never retro pie controllers. Yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. I I. I don't think I've ever actually seen one okay, in person, br- or if I have, I didn't. It didn't click as to. So make sure you bring it. So I will I can see I, it. Yeah, I'll bring it next time. And I was asking Vic, um, and and I did. I felt like I was pestering him just a little bit because I think it's more second nature to him. Well, it's definitely more second nature to him than it is for me at this point. But I, I just didn't really have a good frame of reference for where do you get the Sanwa sticks from? Where do you get the buttons from? Where do you get... Because they're Sanwa buttons as well. Th- that's exactly yep. right. And these are these are like the Cadillac of sticks and buttons for when it comes to like 90s and up type controllers, okay? Mm-hmm. not Nothing we'd see in a Gallagher or Miss Pac-Man, but if you were to look at, you know, quote unquote, the modern arcade games they, and what I consider later model, like the 90s and up, you know, they a lot of them would use Sanwa sticks and they were they're very highly regarded, you know, from like Japanese fighter players and stuff like that. Any, anyway, make a long story short, I, I just I just wanted to learn, and I, and I was like, Vic, where where'd you buy these at? Where do you get them at? Where's a trusted source? And so he, he gave me some links and and everything like that. So I'll share that with you because if you ever wanted to build like a retro pie machine and and put a controller in front of it, you would want to go the that route with these controls. There, there's no doubt about it. Well, I've not heard anything but good about them. And me too. Yeah. Me like too. I said, I, I just I, I may have actually seen one or had 
held one in something somewhere and not realize yeah. what it was. So, yeah, yeah that's why exactly. I wanted to see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, First bring, hand. I'll bring it with me next time so you can take a look at it. So, so yeah, so that worked out real well. And then Sunday morning, um, we went to the London Gaming Market, which was which is pretty cool. It's held two to three times per year. Uh, it's, it's, it's essentially just a very big retro swap meet is what it is is and this it, indoors it, or is it, it, it is no this was indoor okay it was it was in a a huge convention uh convention center room inside uh inside a hotel in downtown london okay and so uh, they've got they've got nez and snez and atari well not a lot of atari because that really wasn't that big over there but mostly nez uh and snez and then um your PlayStation 1, 2, 3, Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, stuff like that. And then, of course, there's the obligatory uh, you know, artwork and uh, cosplay stuff going on. And there was Magic the Gathering and there was Funko Pops and, and, and stuff like that. So it, it, it's all retro culture is what it was. So uh, I think I, I think I told you before we started recording, it, it was kind of like, uh, you know, our shows over here, our arcade and pinball shows, minus the arcade and the pinball. It, you know? it's, I'm, I'm actually looking, I just Googled London, London Gaming, Gaming Market. And it's yeah. LondonGamingMarket.com. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll put that in the blog post so that it's there. So, so yeah, so I, I, I thank Alex and Vic because they, they told me about it and they said, oh, yeah, Sunday, we ought, to, we ought to take you to that. And so Alex took me down there and it, it, was, it was cool. And, and then just to wrap it all up, um, you know, when, when we weren't at the meet or when we weren't at the London Gaming Market, um, quite honestly, Alex and I, uh, and, and Vic one night as well, but Alex and I just hung out and, man, he just took me to, you know, different places around uh, Twickenham, which is the, the city where he grew up, and, and Richwood, which is uh, an adjoining city and or, or town, or I guess kind of borough. And, um, man, we just walked around and saw the sights and uh, went up and down River Thames, and, you know, he showed me some of the local attractions and uh you know we ate at a couple of pubs and we just we just had good food and good drink and just a, a very peaceful time so i i mean alex was alex was the best host in the world i mean he he took he took great care of me so alex thank you very much buddy and um and that was it dude so i fly back and um Took me about a day or so to get myself righted, and then uh, here we are, Brent, sitting in your basement. So, so here we go. Ta da! Ta da! That's it, man. So that is my month in a nutshell. So I got me some vet tracks. Uh, oh, the one thing I did get while I was at the London Gaming Market is I did pick up a Super Nintendo Universal adapter so I can play PAL games in my SNES. So, so is that like a factory thing, or is nah, that it's, it's third party? Oh, okay. What it does is it it, it goes in the cartridge slot, and then it has. It, it, it think of it as like a think of it as like a, a Y. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've got NTSC cartridge slot, PAL cartridge slot, and then there's some circuitry in it, and then it, then it plugs into oh, the cartridge so, okay. slot. Yeah, so it takes one cartridge slot and turns it into two, and then you've got two distinct cartridge slots based upon what type the of power you want to plug in. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, they <laughs> believe it or not, they typically go for <laughs> they typically go for fairly big money because apparently they were they were made in um 
in number for a while and then they haven't been for a long long time and so i was looking at them on ebay and they go for like 50 bucks oh jeez, yeah and so i found this one for 20 pounds and uh and i, I gladly gave the lady 20 pounds and walked away so was that so, 27 yeah, 20, 30 dollars 20, 26 27 dollars. but it's in your hand and you don't have to ship it and, and there's all that no stuff. pnp there is alex yeah there's no post and parcel is it or pnp as alex would say because it was right there right and in any of the ones that i found on ebay were all international and you had to pay 30 30, 20 bucks that over again to get them here bingo yeah yeah so so that universal adapter would have wound up cost me 70 dollars to get it to my house or 20 pounds and bring it home with me so that's what i did so yeah dude so all in all i mean i've had a really good july uh, you know, I had to cut up my walls, and then I went. Then I went to Paris and London. So yay! <laughs> and I got my Vextrex as well. So it was cool. This is like, a, Dude, like I think I started it's, it's, at the top of the show. July is just it's yeah, weird month. It's been it? a weird month. It's a man. weird month. It's a, it's eclectic as anything. I, it, it, I I'm sitting over here just happy as could be. I was irritated. I had to do what I had to do, and I I didn't have to cut anything up. Well, you, you know, something? I just had to paint a little. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and and I'm going to say you got to look at the bright side in everything, and and I I, I have to do this, man, because if I don't, I just I you just get so mad and just burn yourself right down the bottom of the barrel. But dude, I'm just glad I was home when that yeah. happened because if I hadn't have been home and Jackie had been the only person home, she would have been in a world of hurt. Yeah, because it, it, where, where's it at? And her trying, it at? Yeah, and, trying and, to find and it. And I'm trying to talk to her over the phone saying, cut the wall open and find, you know, it, oh, uh-uh. no, 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 no. That ain't going to happen. It could have been a handful of, uh, yeah, hand, it could have been a fail. real, yeah, handful of fail. A exactly. handful of fail is what it could have been. So you know what? It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. So anyway, dude, that's my month. Uh, hopefully August it, is uh, a little bit more arcadey and a little bit more pinball. And I, I don't know about our listeners, but I personally learned something about frost-free spigots that I didn't know existed. You so. know something? We are a public service <laughs> announcement, if nothing else. So there you go. Well, I've got to replace the one here that's on the back side of the house that's actually right outside of the uh the uh, uh the art the bathroom in the game room you so, gotta replace that well it's just it's worn out oh okay. you know it's the one there's two on the house and it's the one that i use all the time and the other one it just stays shut off because i never use it yeah and it's just the the it's time yeah yeah and i think i'm gonna have to replace it with a frost free spigot i think you uh, i think a trip to lowe's menards home depot whatever yep. you want to call it is in is in the future for that yeah so uh next section of the show we're going to talk about some woodworking not like arcade or cabinet type woodworking. Really? We're going to build a, a shelf unit. Okay, good. Sh- well, then after you get done with that, I'm going to talk to you uh, in, in the listeners of the show about the best way to paint happy trees. Oh, because okay. Yeah. I found this TV show where this guy <laughs> taught me how to do it, and I need I feel the need to, to share that with everybody else. Did you see the uh, uh, coming into... Di- now, this is not family. Not that I'm going to... What I'm going to say is fine, but... I don't suggest that you run off with the kiddos and look for this. Did did you see the the Bob Ross inspired trailer for Deadpool two? two? Oh yes, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, yeah. I did. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. Like, you and your friend Google can yeah. go find it. Yes, because so. let me tell you, it it will put a it, you'll have a you'll have a a, a, a hurdle at uh, yeah at, at everybody else's expense. I, they yeah. definitely that would definitely be called be called a red band, yes. which is adult. Yes, but it's yeah. funny. But it was funny. Yeah. All right, Whitney. So let's transition into um, well, tech well, talk. Spend a little. Yeah, I've spent some of your money. You can spend some of mine. It sounds like a plan. All right, buddy. 
Whitney, I've got a couple quick tips for everybody this month. Fair enough. So if you let's, listen to let's the... Let's have it, dude, if you before listen, I spend all your money. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you my goes, bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to hold it off. Yeah. So if you listen to the, which I hope you did, listen to the first segment, you know that Whitney and I actually have been uh, kind of busy this month. And it, unfortunately, it's not been not been game related. So I haven't had anything in hand per se to bring to to you know our audience bring here like show. as a practical lesson that I've yeah, learned. Yeah, neither but neither have I. A couple things have come up and I thought I would share uh, a couple tips on one on the video and one on the pinball side with everybody. First thing is and I actually showed this to uh, a young budding couple of pinball enthusiasts here oh, okay. in Louisville okay. recently. And it was a way to test motors in pinball machines. So, for example, like I'm looking at the Adams family here, and I've got two motors in it. I've got the motor that activates thing, runs his hand up and down. And I've got the motor that opens, uh, turns the bookcase so you can get into the uh, the vault. Okay? okay. All right. Okay. You're having problems with them. You're not having any response in test mode and it's not just williams games i mean anything that's got a little motor in it i know a lot of the gottlob system three games tons of motors all over those data east games tons of motors all over those i just use a nine volt battery okay i'll take the game completely out of the equation i'll unplug the motor and i'll get a couple test leads and I'll clip right onto the motor, and I'll touch it right to my battery and, and see what she does. And, of course, obviously, you just flip the battery if you want to change the direction of the motor. Depending on the on the title, some motors will turn just one direction, and then it'll kind of have like a cam or something. I'm trying to think like when I had Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry's got the gun that is over on the yeah. right side. Yeah, I remember that. Kind of like you got on the Canon and ACDC, and then there's also the gun on T2. Yeah, I, I want to say even though it kind of here's a here's a Kentucky word for you. It waggled back and forth. <laughs> I think at least on Dirty Harry, the motor just spun one way and it had an arm underneath it. Oh, oh, the vault motor, uh, the bookcase motor for the vault on Adams is the same way because I want to say it even had the same linkage pieces on Dirty Harry part number and everything not just sort of look the same the motor just spins one direction and then it has uh, the linkage handles the direction change if that makes sense yeah. so that the motor doesn't have to reverse anyway i just use a battery and honestly i never pay much attention to the positive negative side i just touch it real quick and if it wants to spin a direction i don't think it needs to go out flip the battery <laughs> honestly you yeah know, no i get it you, yeah. you don't have enough in that in a little nine, nine volt, volt it's gonna to, to fry anything yeah or yeah. it's gonna bottom itself out and yeah. blow apart pieces yeah. but that's a quick and dirty way to test the motor and the mechanism and separate that from the rest of the game that might be driving it so on the video side speaking of those little test leads kind of relates to this as well last month i talked about having set up that millipede board on my bench and the big thing that we talked about there was the yes, buck sir. converter yeah. to get me that odd air quotes voltage i needed to drive the reset circuit how do I actually hook all that up? It's one thing to have, okay, it's a jamma board or it's a, um, I got a jamma test rig. We've talked about those in the past and I can plug in a jamma board or I've got an adapter board and I can plug in that to my jamma rig and power it and get some controls and all that. Well, what if you don't have a direct connect harness or you don't have an adapter? And Atari's a good example. There are adapter boards for Atari games 
they're a little spendy though. Yes, yeah. All the ones that I've seen are. Yeah, you're right. Well, they'll they'll have on the board generally they'll have a a butt converter to deal with those odd voltages or a boost converter, whatever they need in there to get the voltages the game needs. And they'll also have the amp. Yeah. So it's not just a wire redirection type of a deal. There's some, there's some components on there to, to add the missing pieces and make it all work. How do you do it now? Of course, with the Atari, just kind of extending what I just said, I don't have the the audio hooked up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I happen to have in this case, a millipede. So once I get the board working, which I unfortunately not had an opportunity to touch, I can take it out there and plug it in and I've got everything I need and, and work it out from there. But how do I physically hook it up to my power supply and any buttons or controls I want to hook up if I don't have all this harness? I just have an assortment of card edge connectors. So the card edge connectors is that connector that's on your harness in the game that plugs into the edge connector on your PCB. Okay. Typically, like Google JAMA connector, that's what you'll see. That's a card edge connector. I've got tons of those in various pin counts. And I've built up a little collection from knowing or or having to have replaced the harness connector on various games. So there's a couple different sizes you'll see that's in uh, uh, your typical Atari series of games. JAMA's 56 pin. All right. Uh, pack is whatever. I can't recall whatever, whatever, however many pin that is. So as I've had to get them over the years, I've gotten four or five or whatever. So that next time I run into that, I just reach over to my drawer. Like, hey, well, like we all build up parts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You can get them that are empty and then you crimp pins on and click them in, which is how a lot of your, your factory games come or you get them that are solder eye. Yeah, yeah. So instead of having a, uh, a hollow space in them, if you will, these have already got pins and everything in them. They're all molded together. And then on the backside where you would normally slide in your, your wire with your newly freshly crimped pin, mm-hmm. it's got a little eye on a little hoop that you can put a wire to and solder the wire to it. So I've got a selection of those. I'll find the one that is correct for the board in terms of width, find the pinout for the board, and then I'll just use an assortment of test leads to get my power to it and a jumper in my controls. All right. Now they can be a little spendy. These things are are weird price wise. Some places will have them for stupid money, like five to six to seven bucks a piece, and others will have them for a couple bucks a piece. So I would suggest you shop around, do a little Amazon, a little eBay, a little Mauser, a little Jameco, a little whatever, wherever you're buying parts. And again, like I said, it's called, it's actually technically called a card edge connector and you want the solder eyelet type. And what I typically see in terms of the pitch, the width of the pins or the distance between the pins is a 156, a dot 156. And that's, that's what you want for your, your arcade games. I, I'm sure there's other widths out there. Typically for whatever reason, that's just what I t- happen to come across. So I'm assuming that's the most common. Can you, uh, you snap a picture of one of these? Yeah. If you don't mind. And uh, I'll make sure that it goes into the show notes. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's one of those things that I, I think it'd be a lot easier to find from a reference standpoint, yep. but yeah, that'd be great. I'll lay out an assortment of them here and we'll just snap yeah, a picture. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah. They're handy to have around for, for, you know, both testing and to replace 
you know, the connector on a harness if the connector's burned up. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, yeah. you there are some games out there like uh the Ataris are a perfect example. Most every classic Atari that I've been in, they have the the slide-in uh uh type where you where you crimp the pin on you slide them in from the back and they lock in and the pin is what we just lovingly refer to as a split pin mm-hmm. so if you look at your typical molex or molex pin it's going to have a flat on it there's just one flat little uh, it's kind of hard to describe in an audio format yeah yeah but when you, when you put it in and you look and you stick it in the connector and you look in the business end of the connector, you'll see the, the pin itself. And it's just one flat little piece, of, little piece of metal. Well, there was a flavor that actually had a, a, a dividing line down what is, would be basically the center of a typical pin. And it would look like two little pieces of metal. If you have any, if you've got centipede, if you've got, uh, any of the vector games, black or black and white or color, uh, pretty much any of your classic Ataris, if it's got a crimp pin type connector on it, mm-hmm. pop it off and just look right in the face of it, and you'll notice that you'll, you'll see them. Right, each yeah. of the positions looks like two small little that's pin, it, that's pins. Exactly right. Those things went obsolete forever ago, ever ago, and they are nigh impossible. To find, mm-hmm. so either you've got a back stock of them, you get lucky and find some and pay through the teeth for them, or what you can do is you can get a solder eyelet connection, a solder eyelet card edge connector, and then just move all the wires over and replace it that way if you choose that's, to do so. That's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, better living through technology. Yeah. In that regard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and these are the same connectors too that that we would use if we're going to rebuild the fingerboard, the actual card edge on a PCB. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about that in prior shows where if the fingers are burned, Pac-Mans are bad about it, pole positions are bad about it, mm-hmm. I'll take one of these connectors and I will put it on the board itself and then bend in the eyes so that they touch the board and solder it on. And mm-hmm. in effect, you turn the male connector on the PCB to a female, mm-hmm. and then you take a straight through connector or straight through PCB that's mm-hmm. just got all the pins straight yeah. through. Yeah, straight you through. plug it into the the now female side and turn it back to a male. Yeah, and in effect replace that damaged fingerboard. Exactly. So yeah, jumpering it, jumper it. Yeah, yeah effectively. So anyway, uh, there's a lot of uses for them. I. I'll, we'll put a picture in the show notes, Whit, notes as Whitney suggested, and it's, they're just handy things to have around. There's several uses for them in the yeah. hobby. No, I, I can certainly see that, but yeah, I, I think we get a picture and we ought to be good. But that, I mean, that, that's handy. You don't have to go that deep in it, and you don't have to sink a whole lot of money into it, and it's something that would have a lot of utility. Like you're absolutely right. If you need to repair a board, you've got it. If you need to repair a harness, you've got it. And if you need to test a board, they come into play. Yeah. So yeah. No, it's good. Well, dude, I'll say this. Um, as far as spending your money goes this month, Brent, it's actually it's actually fairly light, man. And in, in, in all honesty, uh, some of, some of what you've identified is probably a good general use, uh, good general use um, type of you know type of tool set to have. And um, 
what we're going to talk about here, though, is uh, definitely definitely a bit slanted, but all good stuff, though. And uh, let me ask you, when's the last time, and I don't know if you've got this game or not, or have ever had this game, but when's the last time you've ever seen a Warlords PCB come up for sale? I have never seen one. You rarely see the game. I've seen a cocktail change hands within the last year. And I want to say that I've seen just a picture of someone that owned a two-player upright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 fairly rare. But one thing I will say is that following the, the and this is following the same uh, path as the quantum PCB reproductions done, you know, three and four years ago, uh, leading to the major havoc PCB re- reproductions that was done probably a couple years ago. At this point. Uh, we've now got an interest list for a Warlords PCB reproduction uh, being a possibility. So I, I think they've. I, I looked at the the thread on Claw. It looks like they've got to have about twenty five or so people uh, willing to hop in on this to make it happen. But um, shoot, if you've got a if you've got a need for it or want or desire for it to complete a game, then this may be an avenue to make it happen. Because you know what, I did find. Come to think of it, I did find a Warlords PCB. PCB probably six or seven years ago at an operator uh, warehouse, and I passed it on to one of the guys in the hacks group uh, up in Indiana because he was looking for it and, and uh, got that to him. But outside it, so so did well, him a solid on that. But outside of that, I've not seen another one ever ever available. Well, here's the thing about a Warlord's PCB versus. What else have we seen reproduced? Mostly vector games like Major Most, Havoc mostly or, or uh, Quantum. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if Major Havoc was done. Quantum was definitely done. Yeah, Major Havoc was done. Was too. it? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing about the Warlords. It's raster. Yeah. So you are two spinners away from a two-player game. That's exactly right. You could have a Warlords. Yeah. This To me, that is much more obtainable than quantum because or a major especially, havoc especially quantum yes yeah well quantum control wise you need a trackball yeah uh, major havoc gets a little bit more complicated it's it more complicated and then the 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 larger hurdle in my opinion is the monitor <laughs> with you probably want an amplifone for those uh just or just any or just, just any. any vector yeah, just, just any, any color vector. vector i mean that's so yeah. it, there's I, I don't know. I could see people wanting this just to build a warlord. Just to build a warlord. Yeah. 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 It's very possible. So, you know, dollars haven't been announced or, or discussed at this point. And I'm sure that I'm sure that will make itself known over time. But I, I think it's interesting. And like I say, we'll, we'll have it in the blog post. Um, so, next, hey, Whitney, actually, yeah. I found a link and I'll throw this in the show notes. Have you ever, I, I've heard of Twisty Wrist Arcade. Have you ever purchased anything from them? I have. Okay. So bef- before we endorse purchase of anything, I mean, have you, have you ever you find good luck? Oh, everything's to- great? To- That's what I thought. Totally fine. Yeah. I've not had a, a single problem. And in fact, um, that that shop sells some harder to find parts and they ship quick. So I've, I've had actually very good luck with them. Well, they have a good selection of solder eye card edge connectors at very good prices. I mean, we're talking okay. on average $4 a okay. connector, you All know, right. and the smaller ones are down to the three buck range. So I'll actually throw that in the show notes because price wise, if you go to, I want to say last time I looked at these at Mauser, who tends to be my general electronics. Yeah, kind of go to. Go to of choice. They were pushing like 
eight, ten, twelve, fourteen dollars. They were kind of silly. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's getting. I'll there. throw this one in the show notes. All right, cool. Okay. All right, yeah, we'll take a look at that. Um, this next one here, uh, we, we've got we've got two more to go, and uh, I think these are both kind of, both pretty interesting. Uh, didn't really plan on them being Nintendo specific, but it snuck its way in here. Um, these are metal silkscreen uh, red tint uh, reproduction control panel overlays, and that's this is from this old game. And um, I, it, what's interesting to me about this is this is the first time that I've seen them done the way that they were originally done, uh, silkscreen onto metal. So uh, I think that's I think that's pretty pretty unique, and it's good to see a silkscreen project done in. Uh, in in modern times, I'll say because you know it's funny. I I, I think that I, I don't think I'm wrong in saying this. The number of silkscreen reproductions has dropped dramatically over the past three to four years, and I think a large part of that is due to digital printing, and a large part of that is due to. Uh, you know, direct print mm-hmm. and uh, and other advances in technology. It's not as good though, it, but it is not as good. But the, but the issue is is that silkscreen has an inherently higher cost factor associated with it, and you can't just you can't just print them on demand. And so it's uh, it, it is neat to see another silkscreen reproduction. And, and Rich always does a good job, and he, and he seems to be really. Uh, him and, and Darren from Phoenix Arcade are really the only two that that, that do this type of work a- anymore. So if you're interested in that, um, it, we'll have a link in, in the show notes. Uh, they're eighty nine dollars plus twelve dollars to ship, and it, they they look they look absolutely. I need fantastic. to go out and look at my red tent. And that's something that's been on my mind as well. Now that you mentioned that, as of late, that I've got a red tent. That yeah. It's just kind of hanging out. Yeah, and yeah, I'd love to just love to have that in in the yeah. game room because man, those things are cool. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. So yeah, you may want to take a look at those. Um, as, as to how yours is, what condition yours is in. Um, the second one is, and Brent, this this kind of also kind of comes into play because I I know that you've you've got some play choice cards, correct? I, I thought yes, you did. I did. Yep. Now, do you have a single monitor or a dual monitor play choice? Dual. I, I I thought at one point that it was dual yeah okay fair enough well esquilito a gentleman who has helped alex and i out uh he he makes a uh, a dual the dual monitor uh plexi bezel he reproduces that out of bent uh he bends the plexi the the tinted uh plexi for those for those particular games does a fantastic job so your your dual monitor play choice and your punch out and super punch out that this would this bezel would work perfect for that he has also produced the dual monitor marquee brackets and you can get them either raw $45 shipped or $15 extra for for powder coat and I, I think it's neat because this is one of those items that number one it has limited appeal okay number two um it it has limited appeal because there's <laughs> those those dual monitor games they're heavy man they are so tall and they're they're just not the mo- they're just not the machine that everybody would want to own but because of what they are uh, there's really no substitute for them and they're they're beautiful when they're running I mean when they're running up and running right I mean you look at a dual monitor play choice or a punch out or super punch out I mean they're they're actually kind of they're, they're a sight to 
behold. I mean, the cabinets are kind of striking because they're so tall, they're thin, or they're narrower, like all all Nintendo machines are, and they just it just looks cool having two monitors lit up like that. So, uh, yeah. So if you need brackets for for your uh, for your game, then um, we'll, we'll have a link to the to Clov uh, where you can go and purchase That's, those as well. I know but, I said this before. Escalito does good work. He's helped us out a lot. I know I've said this before. It it shocks me how many of these uh, marquee bracket reproductions are out there. I know. Uh, Yeah, I know. Because it seems like that, (laughs) it seems like that's a utility part that should easily be. Well, I I don't know how that those get lost. Then again, I don't know how back doors get lost. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand how back doors get lost. I think back of all the arcade cabinets I've had roll through here and I've only had that I can think of two. I'm gonna say one was a Nintendo and one was a a pack cabinet converted to a bowling game that didn't have the upper marquee bracket on them. So when you need it, you need it. But obviously somebody needs it because yeah, yeah. these fine folks keep producing keep, parts. Keep like producing this. them. Yeah. Well and, and I think if you're the type of person <clears throat> like me that wants to um that wants to kind of kind of trick out your machine and have everything looking the best that it possibly can if you don't have access to you know like a soda blaster or something like that to clean up your own brackets and to get rid of the rust and everything along those lines then maybe a new set of brackets is a, a maybe that's a low enough price for for entry where you could get you a nice set of powder coated brackets and be done with it you know or maybe you're just trying to recover from you know some bad rust issues or something i i don't know but i i'm with you i i don't understand how they get lost but at the same point there's a there's a market there there's no doubt so so yeah so anyway brent with that a uh, little nintendo heavy but uh you, you get off lucky this month dude, because <laughs> you, i mean we, we i think we rung you out for about 150 bucks so it's nothing too awful bad. well then the price is yet to be determined on the on uh, the warlords pcb on the warlords pcb <laughs> yeah it, it, for for sure for sure but uh with that dude why don't we uh, pause here for just a second and we'll wrap up the show with a little bit of news and some feedback. Whitney, what's this news about how to become a beginner pinball manufacturer? <laughs> how does you say, you say that you say that like uh, kind of kind of like I'm interested. Well, it's just like learn more. Many people better than I have said, and I believe them pinball is hard. Oh, yes. And I know that there has been uh, a handful of startups. Yep. Some successful, many not. Many not. Yeah. But I don't know. Has this gotten to become, has this gotten to the point of becoming formulaic? Well, (laughs) I I don't know that it's formulaic. I I haven't looked at this link, by the way. So I don't know what's, it's it's very good. And, And what it is, it's, it's a summary article. And this is linked over from thisweekinpinball.com or TWIP, as it's called, I guess, within the hobby, TWIP, within the hobby. But what they've done is they have got a very nice guest article written um, that is essentially a crib, uh, kind of like a, a crib notes or I guess kind of like, a, a, or I'm sorry, you know, cliff notes version of, uh, or crib sheet or cliff notes version of a summary of every major and what I'd call 
uh, I don't want to call minor because that, that's not the right word, but we'll say boutique and other manufacturers, you know, primary and secondary manufacturers um, that have been in the pinball business. And it, oh, and so it it's not as much of uh, reading that. I was like, okay, it's a ta- insert tab A into slot B. Oh, kind no, no, of no, 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 no. Of- it's not. It's not how to be a manufacturer. It's essentially the- a encyclopedia of all the manufacturers that have been and are, and it gives you a quick rundown on uh, their history. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and it's it's awesome because it what it does is it gives you about two to three paragraphs, some more, some less, depending upon how successful they've been in time in, in the industry. On Gottlieb and Sega and Stern and Williams and Capcom and and just a game plan and all of these all of these manufacturers that have been you know part of pinball's history and kind of tells you how and it, it tells you how they're linked and how they got started and who was sold to who and under what timetable and how the trans how the titles transferred and Bal- and i also want to make sure i mention bally in there as well yeah and um and it covers all of them, and, and it kind of gives you not a infographic, but definitely a bit of a verbal family tree as to how everything's connected. Okay, from from the from the I will say the EM era forward. All right. Well, the funny thing is, is just scrolling the top here where it's titled. It's it's, it's done really well. Uh, but, da, 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 modern manufacturers. Yes. Um. Th- this shows you how things really just exploded in yes. good and bad ways good and bad ways since in the time that we've done the show most all of these have come and, and gone. gone that's right <laughs> so, yeah so so they they've got it and what, what's cool is they, they've got the modern era as well as a special emphasis on what i consider like the boutique manufacturers and also the drama manufacturers and mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's my funny. That, that's my phrase not theirs but but when you think about Guys like uh, Dutch Pinball and Highway Pinball, and and even even though boys we had on the show Brent Skit V uh, from from what several years yeah, back, well, we had um, had, hi- we had Highway on Highway as well, on as well. Highway yep. on as well. Yeah, we never caught Dutch, but um, that would have been an interesting uh, multimorphics on here. We've had Jerry on. Yeah, yeah, and he's still going like gangbusters. Oh, he, so, oh he's yep. doing great, which is which is good. But uh, but they've got Spooky in there as well, and they've got uh, American Pin ball and and in a host of others so uh, it, it's just it's just very very uh, it's a very very good read if you want a uh, a quick crash course on who's who who's done what and who's still around okay and of course jersey jackson there stern's in there as well so it's a it, it's a it's a great great read in fact i've read it twice i'm probably gonna go back and read it again it, it was good and this the second one brent before we get into uh, just a, a quick uh uh, note of feedback and we, we do have some good feedback um this this month it, it just it definitely put a smile on my face to read but uh you and i have talked about this uh prior episodes and we talked a bit about major havoc and there is some news the game or what we cause whenever we show up in an event the, yes and yes okay, but primarily right. the game but there has been some news, I'll say some rumor and scuttlebutt to use a $20 word right there, about Major Havoc that's been circulating for the past uh, several years about there being a bit of a um, kind of a, a, I won't call it secret because I don't think it's secret, but it, it's been a very low-key project, uh, meaning there hasn't been a lot of information made available about it, about... Um, 
there being some work done on finishing Major Havoc. And the story, the story as I understand it, goes is uh, Owen Ru- Owen Rubin being a designer uh, and and developer for for Major Havoc uh, for back in the day in Atari had to make some cuts to the game, uh, whether it be bill of material or um, some some gameplay mechanics that just did not make the final cut uh, due to cost contra- cost constraints, time to market, and so on down the line. Um, also, speech being one of those features as well. And um, there has been a bit of, I guess, an, an underground project going on for the past several years uh, with that Owen has been involved in, and it is essentially to bring major havoc to what is considered the its full potential and bring quote the promised end to the game. Now, what what that does mean is that um, hopefully, an idea I think is is that whenever California Extreme. Uh, later this month rolls around uh, towards the end of July and hopefully by August we have uh, we have some official word on this is that there's going to be an enhancement kit to major havoc uh, that essentially brings about the following eight new levels uh, that will be added on to the the 16 existing levels um, a home world level that is true to Owen's original vision speech, uh, more po- uh, more point capability, more warps, and more enemies. The uh, the Star Castle level, which I need to look into that and see what that's actually all about. An improved self test in EEPROM based settings. Um, uh, audits to the game and some Easter eggs. Okay, so essentially there's going to be some news that comes out of CAX that's going to uh, that's going to I think uh, bring this to fruition. So myself, I'm 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 very excited about this because I I have as of recent. Uh, been able to play Major Havoc quite a bit, and I really do like the game. I think it's probably one of the neatest vectors that, that's out there. So just from do you a have a Major Havoc, standpoint. Whitney? I've got enough to build one. Okay, I thought I, I know yeah. we talked about this in the past. I, I I've got everything to build one. What I don't have is time to build one. Is is where so that sits. You've, you've got enough. You've got the, a conversion kit for. A, do you have a conversion kit set up, or you have? I've got all the original stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I, I've what about got, the cabinet? Um, I have got a cabinet. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes, I do. Because yeah. all my stuff is a conversion. I've got conversion stuff to go into a Tempest. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I've got the Tempest. I've got the monitor. I've got the boards. I've got oh, the conversion awesome. adapter. Oh, awesome. 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 I've so, got all of it. Yeah. And I, I'm sitting in the same boat. Um, all of, uh, everything that I've got is, I mean, um, I even, I even have a roller controller mm-hmm. and with my new air compressor, uh, a, a ready to go, a cutoff wheel so I can adapt a control pan. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Excellent. So you yeah, you'll be good to go yeah. then. No, all I need is time because I've got everything I've got everything to build a dedicated. I just I just haven't gotten to it. Um and the PCBs are a, a completely different story because, as you know, they're as rare as uh, I guess I'll use the colloquialism here, hen's tooth, so yep. to speak. And um, man, I, I hate to even. I, I went back about three months ago and look at what I paid for my Major Havoc PCB versus what they're worth now, and I'm like, yes, I know this is insane. You know, stuff that I. It was funny. I was talking to Alex about this last weekend. If I had to acquire everything that I've got today at hobby prices today, 
I couldn't be in this hobby. No, oh, no way. There's no. It, 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 is, it has gotten to be. It, it's well, gotten. It's gotten out of hand. You and I have traded some, uh, some grab. You know, internet grabs, screen grabs here recently of games that are selling, and dude, I, go look at what a food fight's going it's for right crazy. now. Crazy. <laughs> it, it is got honestly when it's gotten to the point where. You know, titles that I thought I would never let go, not from a monetary perspective, just because they were near and dear to me, that it's like, maybe I should let go of that. Yeah. I've got some stuff. I got some stuff sitting in my basement right now that I'm I'm giving I'm giving it the side eye simply because it's like, whoo, I could do a lot with with that. Yeah. With that scratch. So, some of the some it's gotten of the, stupid scratch. It's gotten silly. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, and I know things will appreciate over time and and all that kind of fun stuff. But I mean, I'm not going to toss numbers out. But oh no, no just no. and I, and I've set on my major havoc stuff a long time because I got I've it. I've set on mine a long. I got time it long too. ago. It was one of those opportunities. We talk about this often. If you've got the money and the opportunity. Uh, do it do because it. you might right. not be able to do it when you if it's something you know you want to do yeah you may not be able to find the part or have the money for the part when at the, the time, time when, when the time comes when you, when you have that that's time a, that's exactly right uh i have uh, the boards now an individual board goes for way more than i put into the majority of the parts that I've got. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I've I'm, got a I'm couple boards. I've got all, full documentation. I've got... Oh, you, oh you've oh, you got more than one major having yes, board? Yes, I do. Good for you. I've got um, the, the the adapter for the Tempest cab, uh-huh. uh, uh, the roller control, all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I, I know. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely crazy. I mean, it's like it's like me on on the food fight stuff. I mean, I've been fortunate enough over time. I found multiple pieces and parts for food fights, mm-hmm. and I look at what the boards go for right now and what a finished game goes for, and I'm like, whoa, this is this is getting out of hand. Now, food fights one uh, food fight. I, I I'm I don't look at food fight and ask it to earn its place because I'm going to keep it. There's other games that would that would be on the chopping block, but Food Fight is no 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 no, it stays, but it does make you it does make well, you think. You know, there's this, no doubt. This this um, line of commentary even extends into pinball. I have I know Whitney, I have said the pinball bubble is going to burst and I have said that for 5 or 6 years. We've been saying it the entire time we've been I, I on the show. And you know what? Hadn't yet. It, it, the rate that Stern is able to put games out, the number of titles a year, and and I, I just cannot believe. I, I, it's crazy. The, you know, t- there, there's only so much money in the hobby. Yeah, and that that's. I mean, are are games trading less, but at higher prices? I, I just. I just can't figure it out. It's just the strangest thing to me. Mm. Well, it, it, it motors on is what it does. It just flat motors it, on. It's going. There's something I'll have to give somewhere. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it very well. Yeah. I had a. I, had I don't a, know. We say that though. We say it, but to date, it hadn't. No, hadn't it pre- hasn't. It hadn't well, maybe we just happen. haven't reached that magical point of saturation. I've, um, I've had that com, uh, the conversation with, uh, with Jimmy, Jimmy Litzy. Actually, we were just chatting over the last weekend. It came up somewhere in a story that that. We he was t- telling, and we just got in a conversation back and forth where 
he'd have a location back in the day and he'd get two games in there uh-huh. and they would do like gangbusters. Uh, well, then he'd put in three and it would be okay. Then four and you know, he would test it and he would find how much money would come out of that location. Yeah. And at that point he was done. Yeah. And he would have to have that discussion with the location owner. Well, if two, I'm going to pull money out of it. Pull yeah. dollars out of there. Yeah. If two games are making a hundred dollars a game, well, five games will make me five or uh, two games make a hundred dollars and two hundred dollars. Five games will make me five hundred dollars. Well, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, you've only got so much traffic. You've only got so much money. Yeah, that will cross your threshold. Yeah, yeah. and I guess we, you know, so if, if it's going to be if your if your location is three hundred dollars, it doesn't matter if it's two games or ten games or ten games. Yeah, right. So you might as well have two instead right. of ten. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yes. 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 And, and I guess we haven't crossed that line yet in in any of this. Yeah. It's. It is anyway. It is kind of anyway. it is kind of crazy, but uh, it, yeah. So I know we digress a little bit, but it, when you start thinking about major havoc, you immediately start thinking about the price of major havoc, and then you immediately start thinking about the price of other games, so, which leads to that discussion. So, do you have any idea of how how these this code will become available? Yeah, I, I do not. Okay. I don't. I don't know if it's going to be. Um, I don't know if it's going to be ROM swap or whatever, but I do know uh, just in reading some Facebook posts um, that followed this one, because this was posted, this was posted to Facebook um, that followed is that um, there's going to be some hardware that has to be put on the major havoc board to enable speech because there is oh, a there okay. is a section of that board that was dedicated for the speech circuitry mm-hmm. um and in some other in some other um items that that I think are going to have to be addressed there so anyway um we'll have to see how it all works itself out but i, I think i mean i'm all for this because it, it gives you more gameplay and it gives you more bang for the buck but um, I you know I don't know that I would modify an original um, major havoc board to do this. I mean I, I think I'd probably find one of the repros and build it up and then modify that. You know because uh, to me you'd want to keep an original major havoc board original. Yeah, just I'd, just have, my, I'd just want to see what cents. you have to do. I, yeah, I, I'm yeah, wondering if it's just a straight population or if you've got to actually make some other changes. Yeah, anyway. I, and, and I think I think that that remains to be seen at this point. But it's good to know that it, that it's on the way. So, um, Brent, real quick, I'll I'll do this last one uh, before you before you get into some feedback on Facebook. This is an iTunes review, and it's from uh, it's from June, and. Um, I had it queued up for last month, and I swear we kind of ran out of uh, kind of ran out of time from a recording standpoint. So I did have to hold it over. But uh, this is from listener friend of the show Jeff Waldron, and and he he rates. He says uh, BT is my favorite podcast. The guys are genuinely great guys. They do a fantastic job explaining different aspects of arcade and pinball collecting. Uh, this is a very family friendly show, which I really appreciate. My kids have always been part of my arcade collecting hobby, which is which is great. And my youngest is a fan of the show. No matter what your experience level, you will learn a lot from the show. The shows are a little long, so they so they're great to listen to on long road trips or while working around the shop. I highly recommend this podcast and hope the guys continue putting out new content for years to come. So, Jeff, thank you very much for uh, for the great review. And uh, yeah, if anybody is is of the mindset. 
uh, the iTunes reviews. Uh, if you can uh, hop hop onto iTunes and leave a review, it's it's a huge help for us. So uh, yeah, so we're I mean we're up almost I think like twenty five reviews now. So uh, you know for for a niche topic, man, that's pretty. Well, decent. I think the funniest part of that is he seems we're going to be together for years to come. Because <laughs> I'm I'm thinking that if are we, you, is a rage quit in your future? No, but I'm what? thinking I'm thinking sometime by I don't know we're. 2019 we'll probably be tired of each other and we'll have an on-air knife fight <laughs> knife fight so yeah yeah we'll, we'll have make to sure use, you listen to the live shows yes, that exactly. we do during- <laughs> yeah yeah so and, and we'll have to find squishy sound effects to go along oh. with that so there you go all right so let, let me cover this one from facebook and this was in response uh to our last month's episode episode 20 from listener steve rasmussen and it involves the the Creality CR10S 3D printer that I mentioned uh, was on the way, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, is now here, but still in the box. So he had some examples, or some uh, he mentioned some some must do upgrades, and the the, the best part of this <laughs> was no truer okay. word than uh, than when you said there's a learning curve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he says he's real happy with the printer, and, and uh, Steve, that's one of the things I've been doing. Uh, it just at least from my my involvement in Facebook as of late is checking out the 3D printing group, specifically the one for CR10 support. And you, you get a lot in there, kind of like you do in the arcade groups. You know, hey, the, my, this game is doing this. Hey, this print did this. What yeah. do you all think? What do you think? And it tends to kind of... Now, of course, I have no firsthand experience, but all of... The, there seems to be some stock answers, like check your voltages. It has to do with print speed. Has Sometimes you get into retraction, you know, some other of the settings. But nonetheless, I'm still keeping an eye on all of it, trying to climb that hill a little quicker so that when I get a chance to actually get hands on. Yeah, uh, you're a step up. I'm I'm a little, I'm a step up, right. And Steve goes on to mention some things, uh, a bed, an auto bed leveling thing called... uh, uh, easy able, easy A B L. I've looked at that a little bit, and then there's a Raspberry Pi thing. I don't know how to describe it. It's there, there's a there's a a, a, a a an image for a Raspberry Pi called Octoprint, and so you can have this. And the thing that was in my mind was some people will print a literal bracket. And that's that's not what this is about. The the core of this, I, my my brain wandered off. Whitney, as often happens. The core <laughs> of this was there's a thing called OctoPrint, and it does some real cool things with the printer. And then, of course, you can print your accessories for that, and mount the pie, and do this and do that, and it drives a. Uh, I think OctoPrint will even drive a. Yeah, Steve says in here a webcam. Okay. So then you can with the printer print the mount for the webcam so that you can then get into OctoPrint remotely and watch your print like if you've got a long running print it does some really cool stuff it, it it adds a level of automation and management around the printer for basically the cost of a pie no that sounds that sounds pretty neat yeah i've looked into that a little bit and then the things that have really jumped out at me and steve m- mentioned these as well is quieter fans 
quick upgrade, some vibration dampening to help with uh, uh, the stepper motors and not only quiet down the movements, but just help with the, uh, uh, the, the, the accuracy because when you dampen the vibration, you don't have that vibration traveling through the frame, which then can affect the print. And then uh, one of the, the he's got a Steve must be from the south because he says doohickey. He uses the doohickey. <laughs> oh, which, uses, yeah, yeah, doohickey. Yeah. Well, yeah, he is. Man. And, and basically, he says you need an SD card extension cable doohickey, which is what we would call uh, it here. I I use that term yeah. quite often. Yeah, because then the, they put the SD card slot in the the head unit, the controlling unit of this particular printer, kind of in an odd place. I guess it just worked that way in the PCB. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that go on inside the, the magic box. So it layout to get it to the front panel probably was difficult. So people will either use OctoPrint to drive your print, print this almost like you would from a PC. Right. Or they'll put it on SD card. That's the most common. And then shove the SD card in the printer and then use the little menu on the face of the, the control box and print. Uh, so they sneaker net it. They sneaker net it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah. Okay. So the, uh, you, then, you, you want to get away from that. Well, and then the way to kind of help kind of cut the middle is to get an extension cable to relocate that point. Yeah, that's I'd what, be, that's what I'd Steve's be all over here, that. So. There's no doubt. Uh, and then he gives me a, a great, and I, I will actually take this to heart. Uh, he shared with me a list of things that he's learned that's handy to have on hand to spares, which that's something we, I know we learn a lot in this hobby. Uh, What you, what you need on hand to keep a game going so that you're not onesies and twosies ordering things like odd odds and in pinball rubbers or a spare power supply for your arcade games or stuff like that. So Steve shared with me his list of things that he found as spares, which is thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. I'll take that to heart. And then a couple things to print right off the bat to uh, again, modify the machine. That's the one thing about the, the Creality CR series that I've seen. There is a lot of stuff out there that you use the machine to make that will then make the machine better. Yeah, cool. It's kind of this like self-fulfilling prophecy. No, that's awesome. I mean, it sounds, and, and I freely admit, I knew nothing about this 3D printer before you mentioned it. Absolutely. It wasn't on my radar. I mean, not at all. What I do like about it, what I've read, is it, it seems like a very maker-friendly type of it, printer. Yep. Yeah, which which is cool. I mean... I, 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 I'm just going to, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm, I'm watching from an interested vantage point is what I'm doing. So, uh, you're, you're going to, you're going to be the the pioneer. You're going to take the arrows in the back and then (laughs) I'm just going to swoop in and, and uh, purchase off a set of links is what I'm going to do. But, but you know, I make no bones about it, you know, because there's, there's, (laughs) this sounds bad. But dude, you you are going to pave the way on it because <laughs> everything that you everything you do, you're going to figure out the right way to do it, and then it's like, okay, let's make this <laughs> let's save some time. Oh no, know? no, yeah. I absolutely yeah. understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you were if you were in my shoes and it'd you be, bought it'd, the printer, be the exact I'd be doing the same that's thing. That's exactly right. It's exactly right. So it's all good. So it, I mentioned it on the last show, you know, the printer. Depending on where you get it, what the what the uh, deals are going, it's three to five hundred upper threes, lower fives. Yeah, and depending on the flavor, because there's the S and the non S version, and a few different features here and there. At the end of the day, dollar to results, at least in my in my research, 
it it comes it rates really high. It wins. Yeah, a yeah. lot of bang for the buck. Yeah. There's a couple weak points that are easily addressed. But you could also be very successful, as I understand, still haven't actually done it. You can be very successful right out of the box. That's cool. And uh, again, you can use it to modify itself. Yeah, that's even better. And, and address some of those perceived or actual weak points. And then after that, it's all icing. Yeah. You know, you're you're just using it to make bobbles and mods and, and have fun with it. And have fun with it. Yeah, so, use it for what you need to use it for. So that's I, awesome. I tell you, and Steve touches on this, and if anybody else out there has any suggestions, I, I'm all ears. Filament. What you feed the printer. That is, is, is a confusing conversation and is and a high it is an opinion driven conversation highly opinionated conversation <laughs> as the printers themselves okay, okay? the printers are com- confusing enough because it's not like a paper printer where you could where you've kind of settled out to you can walk into a Walmart or a big box store, where whatever's in your locale and you, okay we've got Epson, we've got yes. Canon, yes. we've got Brother, HP, maybe HP, some Lexmark. Yeah, yeah. Lexmark. You might get at, at a big store. You might get five, yeah. five vendors. Yeah, exactly. There are a seeming. There seemingly oh, billions, thousands, of right, thousands. Right. And, and you, they range from the MakerBots, the ones that have kind of been the breakouts. Yeah, but they're also. The thousand dollars too, right? Yes, and then some of that starts to be well. If you read and you trust what you read, and by trust I mean you see the same thing multiple places from different sources. That okay, well, has printer company X kind of become like Word Perfect? They rest, they rested on their laurels, and then here comes Microsoft and Microsoft Word and knocks them off the the top. You know, is you know, is that what's happened? And are they asking that price because they've got brand recognition yet they've still got some other things that they've, they've rested on their laurels and they've been left in the dust. And that's where a Creality comes in or an Ender comes in or these other almost like B tier manufacturers who are offering good equipment at a much more competitive price. With, with their own set of challenges. Well, filament is an entirely different conversation. And I'm assuming that's because, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to probably get into the filament production game than it is the whole printer game. And it, it ranges from mild to wild in terms of pricing, in terms of results, <laughs> in terms of opinion. Oh, boy. Some of the ones that, that, that's mentioned here uh, by Steve, he mentions one called eSun, which I've heard of, and they seem to be middle ground price and result-wise. Hatchbox, yeah. Yeah. which seems to be highly, highly regarded and a little bit pricier. And, and so, you know, that's... Uh, that's a whole other conversation. So I, I I don't have much more comment to make on that until I've actually done it. Until I've learned. Yeah. I, I picked a couple that that I thought had fairly consistently good reviews, but wasn't super expensive because I figure I'm gonna. I, I wanted to walk the line between waste a lot of waste as I learned, but not having issues with because of the filament 
that was ruining the experience of trying to learning what I was doing. I didn't want the I didn't want cheap filament to undermine me. Yeah, yeah. But I, I also I didn't want to go out and buy the Cadillac stuff. That's true. Because I knew a lot of it was going to end up circle filed in in a in a bag. Yes, that's, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fair enough, man. Well, that, that's, that's good. That's good advice. And like I say, I'm, I'm anxious to see how I'm anxious to see how you work out on it. So. Well, Steve, I appreciate you because uh, this, this was a long actual post you made to our Facebook and I, I cut, I didn't read it word for word, but I covered it all here. And uh, if you, if you want to see it and read it, go out and check out our Facebook page mm-hmm. and then just look for the post for episode seven and you'll see it. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's got it's his list stuff. of his, his list of things to have on it. And again, it's specific to this specific. It's specific. How many times can I say that? It's specific to this printer, but you know, this printer seems to be pretty common. So if you've got a Creality 10 or 10S and, the, or one of the flavors thereof, you know, check it out. Or yeah. if you're looking at it, all right, so the next thing here, uh, I actually got this from from listener of the show, James Hale. He said, I got a question for the show. Has there ever been a console port of Atari hard driving? And then I responded to James, uh, one simple sentence, why would anyone want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, You know, it's been... It's been years since I've played that. I mean, years since I've played that game. Man, alive. So you've played it. You you realize it's kind of a wire form deal where it's like a pseudo forced 3D. Um, it's a driving game. It, it I look at that, and, and James, I, I know, I won't give James's age away, you know, but James is pro- roughly our age. Yeah, okay. All right. Hard driving wasn't a game that, that I played in the arcade, and I didn't know about it till much later. I owned one for about a minute and was happy to get rid of it. Okay, gotcha. Because it was a bear to move, and it just wasn't going to work out for me. So, uh, um, I, and I played it, and I was like, oh, okay, I'd rather play pole position. But okay. maybe that's because I grew up with pole position. Yeah. What, what do you think about it, Whitney? I, I mean, I'm going to say the same thing. You know, it, it's like I say, it's been so long since I've played it. I, I I think it suffers, in, in my opinion... It doesn't hold up. In my opinion, it suffers from... It was trying to be a little too much, too quick, and... It it just it just doesn't have the timeless appeal that like pole position or pole position two has. I I, I don't know. That's that's about the only way I know to say it. Really. So so, so here, let's put it this way. I'm not seeking it out. So here here James is trying to help us out. He's trying to give us a topic. He's tying act <laughs> probably accidentally because we were a little console heavy this month. He's tying arcade into console, and we're kind of like meh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next. You know, I, I'm so sorry I'm, about that, I'm, Jim. Man, Jim, man, I'm I'm so Jean Luc Picard on this one. I just don't <laughs> know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But you know, I, I didn't get into it with with uh, James and ask if he was looking for one. It seemed like I do remember maybe a PlayStation or some kind of port mm. to a pseudo modern console. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I don't. I just. I didn't play those consoles either, so yeah, I, I I don't know. Good good question, good question. That's that's one I'm I'm admittedly going to have to I have to file thirteen that one and and do some research. And but and I'm sure James has you know, before he even asked. So I'm assuming that that uh, right now it probably hasn't been, but there's probably no information on it either. Yeah. So well, if anybody out there knows, I mean, I I haven't Googled it yet. Honestly, I I didn't Google it. Yeah, but uh, um. 
I mean, if you, uh, you know, uh, here, here's a good point. If anybody's got anything that they would like uh, our opinion on the show, that's something we've really never done. That's true. I'm open for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and then we're shoot us a, an email, Brent at Broken Token dot com or yeah. Whitney at brokentoken.com or hit us up on Facebook and say, Hey, what do you all think about this? And maybe Whitney, if we get enough of them, we can do a little like rapid fire segment. <laughs> yeah, where we can go segment. And- yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, like I say, I, I just, I just don't know that it's held up. That, that's no, that's, that's, that's the thing I remember it. playing it when I got the game that I got uh-huh. and I thought, Huh. Yeah. I mean, at the time I, when it was new, I could see it being kind of exciting yeah. because it was different. Yeah. It was trying the 3D thing. But I'm with you. It just it didn't hold up. I, I'm telling you, it, early early 3D, where they tried to really stretch the, oh, yeah. the limits of the hardware that was available, it, it, was, it was so cool at the time because... It was new, and you could tell that they were that the developers were really pushing the boundaries. But you go back and look at it now, and it just looks so crude. Yeah, it just it looks does. so crude. It was and just like you said; it was before its time. It was, it was not just, just that, not just hard driving, but the whole three D, the whole three arcade and console alike. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it was, just, it was just before. The only its thing time. that worked real well three D at that period was pinball. Yeah, and there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, Brent. Well, with that. On that, that note, we, yeah. On that terror, on uh, well, on that note, after we butchered hard driving and and uh, and everything else, man, I will say took this. a swipe at Star Trek. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we talked about frost-free uh, spigots and everything else, man. So, with that, dude, I think we'll put a wrap on on another month, and and we'll call uh, we'll call this episode uh, in the bag. Baby. We're gonna have to retitle the whole show. We're gonna have to rebrand. It's gonna be the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Oh, plumbing. Oh. 3D printing. It's, it's a mouthful as is. Console. Yeah. Podcast. Oh, geez, dude. Well, I'll put podcast in there twice just because. It's just because. Yeah. Man, you know what? It I'd have to I'd have to take a coffee break just typing out the name. Yeah. You know, it's 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 hard on a guy, man. I'm telling you. But uh but yeah, with that, Brent, uh we'll go ahead and close this one out. And uh man, once you once you throw some words where everybody can find us. So we can be found on Rob O'Hare's Throwback Network, and that's Throwback Network. Net, and I encourage everyone to check that out. Other shows uh, that I listen to that's in my podcatcher, I learned about through Rob's network. Mm-hmm. So check that network out, definitely. Yeah, uh, You can find us on iTunes, and please leave us a review. It really helps us out. We've only got a handful, and we we need to have a review drive here with you. Yeah, we should. And, and, and just kind of help up a contest yeah. or something. Yeah. The, uh, the, we don't make any money on it. We don't nah. do that. We do this for the love of the hobby yeah. just to interact with everybody for the enjoyment of it. Uh, we, so, so we don't, we don't get anything from iTunes, but no, no, no. it helps our reach a little bit yeah. more. It gets us out there a little bit more. Every, and gets a little bit more name counts. recognition. It so, does, yeah. and every review counts. But it's it's hard it's hard to get the reviews in because it, I mean people have to do it. They have to actively sit down and take the time yep. to, to to do it. So I mean I, I know I mean we're not sitting here with our hand out, but but definitely uh, you know any review you can throw our way is a, is a big help. We would greatly appreciate it. Yeah. We're also on Stitcher Radio, mm-hmm. Xbox Music, and the Google Play Store. Yep, and I, I do have to update uh, some of the podcast sources because I, I need to I need to spend some time and and get us get us listed 
uh, on Spotify and things like that. But that, that's all to come. So uh, social media uh, found on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash broken token, uh, Twitter at broken token and our website, broken token.com where uh, you'll find some of the best dang uh, show notes on face planet earth. And you'll also find uh, tutorials on how to install plumbing fixtures. Yes. That spigots. Yes. That uh, wire home consoles. Yes. That. And perhaps uh, 3d printing. Yes. We'll just, especially that. Yeah. So, (laughs) so with that, Brent, I want you to print me a ham sandwich because I think it's about time for supper. Oh, it is. Yes. Okay. All right, everybody. That's uh, show number 71. Thank you for listening and keep your quarters clean and game on. Congratulations. You made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with, but I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britton and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes Store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes Store and on our Stitcher Radio page, as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Letzi. And that's me. <laughs> Music for the Broken Token podcast is graciously provided by Mr. Scott Denisi. For more information about his music and the projects that he works on, visit his website at www.scottdenisi.com. Go Team Fiero. I don't want to be up forever. I want to party like it's episode 97. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I'm only reading what the internet tells oh, me. It's, so, oh, yeah. it's, that's locked in stone. Yeah, exactly. So there you be. Almost messed that one up.